Hi, this is Danielle Harris, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. It is Miller time with Tom Atkins. Not like last year. It's just October and we're drunk on Miller Lite. That's all it is. That's all it is, Just like every other night. (laughs) Yeah. It's always Tom Atkins night. I got a cheap case of Sam Summer because it's Sam Summer. Right. And that's what I'm getting drunk off of. Can you guys drink those kind of beers? A lot of people say, I can't. They're too heavy. Fucking pussies. I enjoy them as long as it's not... Pumpkin flavor. I don't like pumpkin. I don't like flavor. pumpkin flavor of anything. Yeah. No, I love it. it the, here's the interesting thing. I, I will. <laughs> okay, I'm playing it a little fast and loose with the word interesting here, but <laughs> here's the. the this is not going to be interesting. Uh, it is not going to be interesting. <laughs> Except maybe that one person out there who is saving back hair from my brush or whatever. If there's, <laughs> if that person yeah. exists, they might find it interesting. But um, <laughs> like to be a co-host. <laughs> what? Uh, shit! Now I don't remember what I was talking about. That's how interesting it was. Even you couldn't remember it. <laughs> oh, Great, Jamie. Um, I like pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm so glad that build up. I mean, that pe- that payoff. Oh I just I don't like pumpkin anything else. Like I don't like pumpkin bread. I don't like pumpkin ale. I don't like pumpkin anything. So um, it's uh, it's we're in the thick of October, guys, it's, and so much going on, man. This show is—I've said this too many times—jam packed. We got—we're going to continue on with the classic monsters. We got Son of Frankenstein. We're going to give you a good, entertaining rip on that one, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we're going to follow it up with The Wolfman, 1941, and end it off with The Ghost of Frankenstein. Which is the interesting one because that's the first one that's out of the original trilogy of the Frankenstein movies. And it's the first one where Boris Karloff did not play the monster. So it's still got a heavy hitter to do it. Yep. Which was which I thought was really interesting. You know? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we finished off. We did Dracula. We did Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein. You know, James Whale directed... Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, and you know, he he was a disturbed guy. I don't know how much we got into it. I kind of forgot, but uh, just to wrap it up, I mean, the dude committed suicide in his pool, uh, in his backyard. He how did he? He was fully clothed. They just found him fully clothed in his pool, and they I forgot what reason, but they believe it was like like the lock suicide. Oh, really? Yeah. That sucks. We talked about how the Bride of Frankenstein, you know, she showed attraction to to Dr. Frankenstein rather than the monster. 
And uh, Jamie said, well, clearly, if you're in a room with those two assholes, you're going to go to the Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but there's more to it than that, really, because the origin, they, they manipulated that story. Because as Jamie knows, I, Dan, you probably know, too, the original story with Mary Shelley, Frankenstein's monster kills the soon-to-be bride of Dr. Frankenstein to get him to do this because he will not do this and the monster wants his mate and he planned he knew that Dr. Frankenstein would bring her back to life and then he would just try to convince her to be with him rather than Dr. Frankenstein because he thinks that since they have something in common she'll be more inclined to do so Mm. they kept it loosely based on that in the end where she's more attracted to the doctors because that's supposed to be his wife and naturally she'd be drawn to him that makes more sense, I must say. Yeah. So that's that's what that was. I, you know, I just, I, you know, we were drunk and tired. I just forgot to mention that, but yeah. I'm always drunk and tired. And you know what I learned recently, you guys, <laughs> about um, Dracula, about the origins of that? Did you know? Because I, I, I was on um, Gary Hill's podcast and they brought this up because we, <laughs> we uh, reviewed Fright Night 2, the new one. And it's supposedly based on Elizabeth Bathory. I had no idea the the Countess Elizabeth Bathory, you know? One of his wives? Uh, Elizabeth Bathory was the fucking chick who bathed <laughs> in kids' blood. Really? Wait, yeah. what, was ba- what, are you, what are you saying was based on Bathory? The uh, original Dracula story. Oh, I thought Fright Night 2. Did anybody? Well, that's what this story. That's what that story was. Was Elizabeth Bathory, and it was supposed to be Dracula. So, yeah, I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That video game movie, Stay Alive, all about Elizabeth oh. Bathory. Yeah, and but they fucked it all up. They fall, oh, dude. That yeah, that movie's fucking. They fucked sorry. it from one end to the other. That is not. I mean, I get, I get angry. Every time I watch that, well, and I'll here she comes throwing rose at her. But I mean, Ugh. it's just it's, the whole story is just jacked, and oh, I can't God. stand it when you do that. If you're going to base something on something real, then fucking do it. You know, I mean, if you have to change some things here and there, that happens. But this is a whole. She was never in New Orleans. What is that? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are they even talking about? So, um, anyway. Um, yeah. Well, another example is Hostel Two. Yes. Does that scene with the battery reference? You mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh, bathing in blood. Yes. So I, I just, I never knew that. I just, I found that out, and uh, yeah, I know nothing. Hey, we're learning. There, um, there are several good movies that are based on her. Actually, there's one by Julia Delpy. I mean, Julie Delpy. Um, where Julie Delpy wrote the movie, she directed the movie, and she played Elizabeth Bathory, and it's excellent. Hmm. And I think it's just called Bathory. Um, but Word. I recommend that one. Just Word. It's just a really damn good movie. And you see her from a whole nother angle, because there, so, there were so many political things going on at the time, and because she was a woman who held a position of power right. um, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. And so a lot of the stuff that we know about her and her, you know, gruesome practices aren't necessarily exactly what they were because she was, you know, she there was solid reason for people to trash her. And oh, so you're just, saying the bathing in blood was just slander. I, th- I think a lot of it was. 
And mm. I think there obviously there's truth to but there's gonna be a kernel of truth to everything and, and to what right. extent we don't know. Mm. But if you watch that and you see it from a completely different point of view, it raises some interesting questions. You know? Mm. I don't know. I mean, and she was she did effectively get put out of the way uh, so that other people could move in and take control. Right. And mm-hmm. then so she was locked in the tower until she died. But she so she was out of the picture, you know, and that was a very effective way to get her out of the picture. So I don't know. I mean, Why I'm not saying she's completely innocent. What I'm saying is that it's um, because <laughs> they obviously hadn't seen or they hadn't seen the movie or played the video game. <laughs> Adam Goldberg doing coke playing the video game. Um, yeah, that movie's trash. I love that movie. I know it's a piece of shit, but I do love that movie, and I know it's fucking complete horse shit. But whatever. You know what else bothers me? And I really enjoy this movie, but teaching Mrs. Tingle. Teaching There's- Mrs. Tingle. Yeah, I love that movie. There, but there is that one scene where That's Katie fucked. talking about yeah. where anyway, they were talking about her she's doing a project about the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. and she talks about them being burned at the stake mm-hmm. which didn't happen right no one was burned at the stake in Salem they were hanged Giles Corey was pressed no they were hung Jamie <laughs> no hanged <laughs> <laughs> still I'm like how can you fuck up something that bad that big you right. know and just and that commonly known. So, you know, I don't know. I just I hate it when they do that. <laughs> now I'm all bitching. I've just been. <laughs> yeah, get fired up. Come on. Come I'm on, Jamie. All day long about one thing or another as far as the genre is concerned. I've just been, I don't know. I've had something stuck in my craw. But, um. <laughs> I like it. It's a statement. Come on, let's go get the prick. Nah, nah. Mafia got his boss. That's not nice. Yeah, we'll take yard. Weird or something. What time does Freddy get off? 10 o'clock. I ain't sitting here two fucking hours. Well, you can always go drive around. I don't got gas. Want to buy some gas, idiot? I was kidding. We go fool around in there for a while. You mean a cemetery? Oh, well, let's do that. Yeah, that was from the man that couldn't come clean without uh, jacking off in the shower. <laughs> yeah, this is Jonathan Lohr calling them for the Skeleton Crew. Yeah, since uh, 
October is running around the corner, you know. I have a little tradition for uh, that particular month. You see, I don't call it October. I call it October since it is 100% every single day horror pitches. Nothing but straight up horror pitches. Multiple hours, 31 days, uh, no interruptions, nothing else. Straight up crazy. Tradition every single year. It's not nothing but straight up well, not all day, but you know, all night. Jocelyn calling in for the skeleton crew. Y'all take care. Oh yeah, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, the uh, master of all things, Jason. <laughs> I'm the kid on the block with my head made of rock, and I ain't got nobody. I'm the state of the art, got a brain all a cart. I make the babies cry. Cast in the history of the screen, the Rathbone. In his heart, warm human emotions. In his mind, the monster mania. Karloff, rising from the past to spread new terror. Ngozi, sinister, mysterious, evil. Lionel Atwill, grim hatred in his blood. I think you're a worse fiend than your father. Where is this monster? Where is he? I'll stay by your side until you confess. And if you don't, I'll feed you to the villagers. Son of Frankenstein, 1939, once again, four years after the one before it. Now, real quick, I just want to make note. Uh, why is the other movie called Bride of Frankenstein when that's not the monster's name? Well, because the well, yeah, I don't know. I, was, I, I, I guess because so they wanted dumb. to, they wanted the continuity between the first and the second one. I realized what you were doing there, but I'm just saying <laughs> they wanted <laughs> people to have the recognition. I mean, if it was like you know, Bride of the Creature, um, actually that would have been a cool title. So monster, Jamie, monster, monster. sorry, Bride of the Monster. That would have been a cool title. So I really don't know why they didn't go with that. Make sure you weave in your chopping, Alex. Don't edit that out. Um, no, but, like, in, in this movie, though, I, uh... Yeah, like, you want to talk about fucking Bride and in this movie... <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll stop. I was just seeing some text. Oh, oh you got the bowl mix? That's how I rock, son. Mm-hmm. I, I actually like the... Oh, uh, what so is it? Good. The sweet one? The one with the, um... Oh, shit. 
Uh, what is it? Anyways, yeah. Oh, the sweet and salty one? I don't know. Yeah, it's sweet and salty. Uh, I like that one, too. I also like pe- Peanut Lovers is my favorite. <laughs> peanut Lovers I've never tried. <laughs> Penis Lovers? Who would have thought you want that one? Because back in the day, when it first came out, Chex Mix. Like penis? Okay. Had, no, they all had peanuts in them. <laughs> What came first, the penis or the human? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, penis lover. doesn't matter. No. I was saying when Chex Mix first came out, they all had peanuts in them, and then they took them away. How did the first people, like, have. You had to have birth. You had to give birth to the kid, the guy and the girl. So how, how are we here? <laughs> she bends over. He gets oh. a whiff. Suddenly something's standing to attention. He's like, oh, well, I got to put this somewhere. Oh, look, it fits there. How about that? Jamie, the whiff is not what makes us stand to attention. That's what we put up with for the great feeling. What? Who have you been hanging out with? <laughs> Uh, smells like fish, it's a dish. Smells like cologne, leave it alone. <laughs> Old enough to pee, old enough for me. Oh, wait, I sorry. I don't have any of those smells, <laughs> actually. Weird. I don't know, I don't know who. Yeah, that's why Jaws was attacking you in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't mine behind my ears. <laughs> your ankles are behind your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'll where they should be. Okay, let's start the show. <laughs> Yeah, let's start with the fight. Can you imagine people who are really into these movies and they say, oh, let's listen to these assholes because nobody really covers this shit. And then they put this on. sex jokes. Yeah. They thought these movies are horrifying in the 30s. Wait till you hear the reviews in 2013. Bitch. Okay, here's the most shocking part of this. And I'm going to say right now that 4,681 people are assholes. Why is that? That's a random number. It's around no. It's uh, it's the amount of people that rated this movie <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Guess what? I want you to to and do not go online. I could see you. I'm looking to my left. Do not <laughs> press that button. What do you guys think? I was just looking at porn. <laughs> Me what too. You, well, that's why I didn't say nothing about that. <laughs> what do you guys think this should get from one to ten? Midget porn. Um. One to ten? Oh, Jesus. Humunculi port. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. This one? Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Son of Frankenstein, Dan. Remember, the one with the little boy in it, the teddy bear, all that, the gigantic fucking house? Yeah, that one. I didn't like this one. I'll be honest with you. So you give it, what, a three or four, maybe? So, would that, yeah, that would constitute as, like, I'd say probably 3.5. Okay. If, if you were to judge it, I thought, and and we've talked about this briefly before, Alex. But I thought the dude that played Igor, which was who, who played that? Bela uh, Lugosi. Bela Lugosi. I like that dude. I thought it was great. I right. thought it was very hokey and over the top in a, in a lot of instances. But I loved it, dude. I thought it was great. But just uh, this movie rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, and Jamie. Okay, real quick, before I even get into the synopsis, what do you rate this? What would you? Because I want to tell you guys this fucking rating. What, what would you give this? Out of 10? Yeah. Mm, I'd probably say like five. Okay, good. You both are sane. Ready? Guess what 4,700 people gave this? Eight. 7.1. Oh, come on, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> now, IMDB is known for lowballing all its ratings, and this piece of shit gets a 7.1. Wow. Okay, so it's uh, starring Basil Rathbone as uh, Baron Wolf Von Frankenstein. It's not that. Is that the main guy? Yes, that's the main guy. 
he was all right. Boris Karloff returns as the monster for the last time ever until some obscure episode of Route 66 uh, that he dawns that makeup again. Uh, Bela Lugosi, Dracula himself, comes back in this movie as Igor. The guy who talks like this, Dr. Frankenstein, uh, the monster's my friend. I was wondering where Igor was in the first movie, but now I know. Yeah, really. That's weird. Lionel Atwill, I don't know. I don't know these people anymore. It's not weird, though, just because you 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 totally... Like, when you think Igor, you think, okay, Frankenstein's assistant. Right. But, uh, but, but, but mainly in part of, um, of Young Frankenstein, which I've seen. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. This, this is one a long plays time heavily into Young Frankenstein. Exactly. I mean, that's what I love about it. A, right. It's a huge inspiration for that. Yeah. I mean, you've got the, the guy with the, the, or the inspector with his arm. You know, that yeah. plays a big part in Young Frankenstein. That Even to the point where he shows up at the depot and they're all, you know, yeah, we're here to greet you, but it doesn't, you know, we're here to meet you, not to greet you. You know, um, like we don't uh, want yeah, you here, yeah. but um, that is even played off of in Young Frankenstein. So Wait, really, it's interesting. That, what is that? I don't get it. When they, when he shows up, when they first go to town, no, when I they don't. first move there, and he's like, "We're here to meet you, not to greet you." It means like, I'm, "We're here to meet you." Like we're here to meet you and see who you are, but we're not here to greet you because we don't want you here. Right. You know, oh, you don't belong so we're here. Just here to see the spectacle, not to fucking get to know you, asshole. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, well, yeah. So the, I don't. I don't think anything else matters. Of who's in this movie? Um, <laughs> classic mistake in horror. Right off the bat, you bring a kid into this, and right there, that's jump to shark type shit. Uh, oh, he was so funny though. Oh come on, yeah. For the first thirty minutes. Now, when we're in uh, hour one and forty-five minutes, Jamie, it's like I can't take this. Like this, this movie, man. Like when I first started watching this, you know. Man, when I grew up on this stuff in my mid-teens, early to mid to late teens, and I was into all this, I didn't really have any problem with this movie. Uh, I just took it for what it is. I just accepted it. I was just still fascinated by all that type of thing. But, uh, man, I went to watch it for this show, and I literally am at the point where I, I have done – gone very far for this show people don't even know they just hear it they think it's whatever i know yeah like i've went to length so i know because nope. you tell me all the time yeah i have to bitch about so somebody <laughs> somebody has to recognize it so but it's it's like but one place i was not willing to go i was not willing to watch this uh without forwarding every single scene besides uh igor and frankenstein oh you cocksucker you made me watch the whole thing dude you had to though you never saw it i, I know, saw it like true. 10 times already that's true but i'm at the point where i'm done yeah. Like, I couldn't watch a single scene with the boy. I couldn't watch a single scene with the cop and Doc, Son of Frankenstein's interaction. Right. No, Alex, Alex, would you say that, though, like, you, you said Jump the Shark. Is this the one that jumped the shark oh, to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Compared to the first two? Oh, yeah. And then it comes back strong, though. But Can yeah. I make a point about that real quick, about Jump the Shark yeah. in general? Now, do you, okay, thinking back to that Happy Days episode, do you remember that episode? Like, I remember feeling like something was weird about it, yeah. Okay. Now, but do you remember the ending of the episode where mm-hmm. Fonzie's walking with Richie on the beach? Nope. Now, he says to Richie, he's like, um, it was Fonzie, why did you do that? You know, and, he, and remember, Fonzie went to Hollywood to be an actor in that episode. Mm-hmm. 
he went to go be an actor and he failed and he and he didn't get the part. So he jumped the shark to basically, and I think what he said, I'm gonna, I'm paraphrasing clearly. That's all I do. But he was basically like, I'm not going out like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like he had to do something to 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 to. He to said, "This work. isn't the end. I might have not got this, but I'm not." Yeah, done. exactly. Like he wasn't gonna be a double loser. You know what I mean? Right. So like, even with this though, like I kind of look at it like that. You know what I mean? It's almost like okay, like. You know, yeah, they jumped the shark or whatever, but at this point in time, like, it was what it was. Like, what we saw, people liked that, and they identified with it, and they realized what it was, and, and they probably had somewhat of an understanding of horror at that point. So when this came about, I, and I'm totally just guessing at this point. Don't fucking take what I say from fucking oh, I already did. It's already in the books. But do you know what I, It's already recorded. In ink. But you know what I'm saying, though? It's almost like, okay. I'm actually well, carving it on your tombstone, so go ahead. <laughs> this asshole. Um, but it's just. It's, it's already just tattooed it on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're mine forever, Jenkins. Don't ever walk into it. that one. I just think. <laughs> I can't even get to my point. Forget I'm sorry, it. guys. We're too no, worried the jokes. <laughs> I No, I just think that. that um, uh, it's just one of those things where okay, it was good, but it was um it was almost like it had the um the scream fucking thing where it was um it was it was self aware really self aware in a sense in yeah. a sense because it was self aware in a sense where um they knew the success of the other movies obviously and and how much um you know they fucking how much money they made or whatever so I feel like. That had a factor in it more than just the art of it. Dude, also, not only are they living a Frankenstein movie, but now you get to see the world reacting to the Frankenstein's movie. Like, when they go to the village, which is oddly named Frankenstein now, and before it was called... Uh, I don't like that. It was called something else. Um, shit. It says it right on the bus station, too. Yeah, like. yeah. it was never called Frankenstein, by the way. They're, they made way more of that than it really was. It was called something else, and I'll try to find out before we're done with all this. But uh, And here, here's the other thing that's weird about it. Like you said, it's self-aware. They made the people in the movie aware of itself, you know, of what's happening. Instead of, because I said already. It was meta. Yeah, why do the why do the villagers hate the name Frankenstein now? Why not in Bride? What happened differently? I mean, right. uh, well, if you know, after the monster was captured in Bride, how come people uh, how come people were already killed and terrorized? How come uh, what happened since he got out of jail? He only exactly. killed the fucking guy who stole the heart from the dead girl, and he killed like uh, like nobody else. Like who else died after that? Mm-hmm. Nobody. So what's the difference from how come nobody went after Henry Frankenstein in part? To Bride of Frankenstein, and now suddenly is shunned. It makes no sense. And That's what I'm talking about. Shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So they. This movie is the beginning of, uh, like Universal has contracts with actors, and apparently not too many people could act in in the <laughs> 30s and 40s and shit. So they had the same like six people. Yep. In all these movies, like literally the guy who was the dad of Maria who got thrown in the water in Frankenstein is now on the fucking council and he gets killed in this movie and he's in the next fucking movie as the same goddamn guy. Mm. Like, and you're going to see a lot of that. Like, wait till you see at, you know, like we already had this happen with Dwight Fry. He was fucking 
it Dracula's boy and the Van Helsing was the doctor in Frankenstein and then Fritz was Dwight Fry and then F- Dwight Fry was the other guy. It, it, it Do you really think it was it was that they just kept drawing from the same well because they just didn't know any better? No, it's because they have contracts. They have to do eight movies. That's stupid, dude. Yeah, dude. I think wait till you see what happens. Wow. Wait till you see the Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're fucked. You're gonna knock down your ass. Watch. What Never seen it in my life. Oh my god! They take a guy who's so central in the Wolfman, and they, they just make him someone else. In the next, it's dude. All right. So anyway, Jamie. <laughs> Yes. What do you think of Frankenstein's progression? He is wearing a wool sweater for because he's un, you know knocked out or whatever. Because he's cold. He looks he looks he looks five four years older. Uh, Boris Karloff is actually fifty one at this point. Um, he has two bullets in his heart because I guess those guys in the woods who shot him in the arm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> right. He uh, you know he doesn't talk anymore. What do you think about that? Like, if this happened today where we had our character be so different. It's more of a regression. Yeah. It's almost like the second one was his emo years and he fucking got all, like, you know, talky and then all of a sudden he's just like, I hate life. I think it kind of fits, though, after after what he went through in Bride and what his character ended up I mean he, he he came to the conclusion in Bride that he did not like life that he didn't want to live and so it really only makes sense that this one and in, in this one you're going to find a sort of a depressed monster I mean that's what he, that's the way he seems to me yeah. I mean he's he's sort of given up and then that and the only dude he has to hang out with has a bone sticking out of his fucking neck oh how about the scene when he knocked on his neck oh and he plays oh. the horn like Oh, it's terrible! Like the, the those moments where he's excuse me, where he's playing when he's clearly not right. Oh yeah. Anyway, I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot going on here. He's it's a really depressing life. <laughs> it agree. is. Yeah. Well, you know, you said the sets in the in Dracula look cheap. What do you think when you're on sets where the doors in these ha- in these houses? are twice the size height of people <laughs> and you could fit five people could walk through them at the same time again this is a product of its time there i it blows me away how clearly art deco this entire setting is i mean this who in the hell lives in this art deco castle it's bizarre deco. but that's exactly what it is I and mean, that's and that's what was going i think argento on. lives there that's what was going on um, <laughs> um, in the time as far as uh, – I get, They're trying to make it like out of life, like not your – you know, you don't have kitchens and bathrooms. Like they're just trying to take it and that's cool. That's cool. Hey, I mean – Very you know, minimalist. Also, you know, when they're, when, they're, when they're at the dinner table and you've got those two balconies that come – that are like above the – Yeah. Whatever it is, above the – the table. There's nothing anywhere. There are no decorations. Yeah, there's there, nothing. There's no sign of life. It's as if they just moved into this empty castle, and they just kept it empty. Right. And it's it's hollow. It's barren. Um, but really, what it is is it's just a reflection of the Art Deco period that was going on. As I as I that's what I believe anyway. Is that it was just that's what was 
right. that was what was going on at the time. I'm so glad we have a smart person on the show. So it was <laughs> so yeah. it was reflected in the set design there, but it doesn't fit. It really does not fit. No, technically, <laughs> wouldn't we be in a in a, uh, in a castle? Though? Yeah, we in should be here by now. We're still in one bedroom fucking apartment. In a in a one bedroom fucking dungeon. Oh yeah, right. We are in a dungeon. We can't complain. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Aren't dungeons part of castles, right? We are part of a castle. We should post our castle online one day. So That's what I'm saying. Out. That's what. Thank you. Also, everything here is just like, and this has happened in other ones too. But I think it's, I think they try to use it to disguise the fact that uh, they have some some set issues. But everything is covered in mist. There's yeah. just mist everywhere, just or smoke, just everywhere. Yeah. And you know you're walking like God. Where in these? Where in the fuck is it foggy all the time? <laughs> yeah, you ever go to my house? There's like a fucking black cloud hanging over me. Yeah, right. But then of course he also has molten lava running under his laboratory, which liquid, you know, yeah, sulfur, sulfur, pit. which makes no sense. Um, like who needs that? <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do with sulfur? Oh, by the way, real quick, that name of the town I looked it up on our uh, dungeon computer. Yeah, yeah. What is it? It's called um, – in the first two movies, it was called Goldstadt, and now they changed it to the village of Frankenstein. And oh. then – Which doesn't make sense because you no. would change it if he were a hero, but they right. – him. So why name your town after right. him? Right. Yeah. In, in the next few films, they change it to Viseria. So uh, it just – it makes no sense. So, Let's change Woodsboro to Ghostface. Exactly, dude. What if what if Haddonfield, like you go there in part uh, three, and it was called Myersville? Like, can you imagine this shit? This movie is fucked. Like straight off, just from stuff like this. Now yeah. you you go further, and it makes no sense. Number one, you want to talk about the Bride of Frankenstein showing up late. The argument is not going to work for me here because it happens sooner. But again, we're waiting f- so long for a central character. Igor does not show up, dude. I, 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 clearly, the monster doesn't either. For 25 minutes. Is that what it is? Yeah, I knew it was a minute. Yeah, I Dude, 25 minutes. Well, this is about <laughs> the son of Frankenstein. I mean, and it's. Jamie, it, nobody cares about him. I do. I love Basil Rathbone, and I happen to think that he was really funny in this movie. No, he was when he was like, "I shot him." <laughs> they had some nice nods, like there was a "He's Alive" joke uh, that was clearly a reference to the, his father before. Um, He's and, dead. But there were some touching moments too, like when the little boy is describing the giant, you know, or. Um, when at the end, when all the shit's about to go down, and the monster actually checks on the kid, yeah. I love that. My heart leaped just a little bit. And he was going to throw his book, and then he realized it was his book or something. Yeah, and then yeah, right yeah, at of course yeah. right at the end, you know, then you see Frankenstein in contrast to that, where the creature, the the monster, was checking in on the kid to make sure he was okay. Then when the monster is burning, Frankenstein grabs the kid and runs to the edge, right, and like dangling him over. The, yeah. <laughs> like like oh, let's look at the monster burn. I'm like, dude, that's your kid. Back up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> settle down. Yeah. Jamie, this is filled with what the F moments like that. The first what the F moment is when Igor, you know, goes to kill him. He says, get down here. And he, you know, tells him who he is. Oh, I thought you were going to kill me. Then he goes, I want to show you something. They go into this room. What is it called? A mausoleum or something? Where there's like. Uh, yes. Probably. Okay. So they go in 
and he see, he looks somewhere else, and then he points or like Igor points out Frankenstein, and all this guy does is look forward, and there's this seven foot tall giant. <laughs> Laying on a slab, like, dude, you didn't see this guy when you walked in? Yeah, right, 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 right. Like, it's not that big. Yeah, right. then we get to the dumbest part, the most idiotic morons at a table writing this shit. They, they choose to say, Igor claims that the reason the monster is in a coma, basically, is because he was struck by lightning? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't it, didn't they say, though, that it wasn't lightning? It was um, vapors or something? No, he said he was struck by lightning. No, they said it was something else, though. Like, it was fucking vapor gases that fucking created it. It was something stupid. I thought it was lightning, man. I don't know, And the thing that made no sense about it is that in the next movie, he he's sick, and then he gets struck by lightning, and he's feeling great after that. <laughs> I'm yeah. super. Fall down a well, eyes go cross, get kicked by a mule, eyes go, go back, back to, to normal. normal. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like he says that, and then 10 seconds later, he says to him, he says, Frankenstein, uh, you have to help him, Frankenstein. Your father was, was his father, and... His mother was the lightning. And it shouldn't he go, wait a minute, didn't he just fuck or did his mom spank him or something? And he fell into a coma? Because you, you just said he was struck by lightning. Yeah, right? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, nobody puts this together, man. It just, and then, point. as he gets struck by lightning in the next one, dude, the same guy, Igor, goes, oh, of course, lightning is your mother. Like, and Frankenstein was your father. Like, what the fuck? fuck are you guys doing are you watching these movies you know what i just realized dude i feel really dumb sometimes trying to dissect these movies because they clearly don't have like any fucking purposeful like you know what i'm saying though like they have no fucking end game here like we're trying to pull something out of it dude i don't think there was anything <laughs> i think they were a bunch of dummies with the <laughs> lightning let's do this and we're just like wait a minute <laughs> I feel really stupid sometimes when I try to dissect movies and they don't make sense at all. And I'm just like, wow. This one is a, has a lot of comedy in it, though, too. Where, it does. Uh, they're it talking does. about Igor. Like, or like when Igor, they've got him and they're like, oh, you know, they've got him like up against the wire. And he's like, uh, and they're like, we'll, you know. We'll hang you again. <laughs> like, what? It, it didn't even work the first time, the first... assholes. Right. My, my bone is sticking out of my neck. <laughs> which, I, which, by the way, I think was very creepy. That was a pretty creepy effect. So, it? dude, that's fucked up. Like, the whole story of Igor, dude, I never knew until this movie. Like, he was hung because he was what? Like, uh, a support. A grave robber. Yeah, okay. Um, but that's just fucked up, dude. Like, just the whole thing. Like, I, I just thought he was, like, a hunchback, fucking deformed retard, you know? But, uh, no, like, he, yeah, it was it was kind of disturbing. I, I gotta be honest no, with that's, you. No, that's cool. No, dude, there's no complaints on Igor at all. No, 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 no. I just thought it was fucked up. Like, yeah, I didn't I, like him playing the horn. Uh, well, okay. J- Jamie don't like his taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> he should have played some Beatles or Alice Cooper or something. His, his playlist Come together! <laughs> Not make my Spotify. Um. Oh, wait, wait, real quick before we leave the lightning thing, I just want to point out one in every three thousand people are struck by lightning. So if Frankenstein was struck by lightning, 
to get in a coma in this movie, and then he was struck again in Ghost. That means he got struck two out of 6,000 <laughs> times. That, that could have happened. Dude, did I ever tell you about the owl luck, struck dude. by lightning? No, just... <laughs> Shut up with your owl, dude. It's going to be a running theme in this whole fucking thing. <laughs> this show. It is pretty creepy, though. I do want to point out a good thing, though. Oh, you have one? What, this, what they, they press record? The shadow kill scene, which I absolutely love. Oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, the creature go or the monster goes to the creature, uh, go, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Oh, Black creature, Lagoon, creature from the Black Lagoon, which yeah, which I wish I was watching. But um, Ooh, yeah, before this, yeah, <laughs> the monster goes in to kill, and all we get is the shadow of it. And I really love this scene. I mean, because really, all back then the killings weren't all that exciting because all they did really was choke people. And that's <laughs> Yeah, he either chokes fun. people or throws them off things, and that's not <laughs> – that can only carry you so far, right? Yeah, isn't that funny? We barely talk about the killing. So they did a – they did a – something creative here, and of course we we had seen this before in, uh, in Nosferatu with the shadow climbing the stairs and then the shadow kind of over the bed. But this, I think, was really effective because we get this beautiful silhouette of the monster that we know so well. Mm. And so you see this silhouette going in for the kill, and it's just a shadow. And I really love that moment. I have no, to say. no, there's some moments. I, I, you know, hey, uh, even even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, <laughs> and Dan just did a spit take. I think. <laughs> yeah, that was good. What do you? Uh, but Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, look, he's still great. I mean, he's he's 51 now. Uh, I. Not now. He's dead now. Oh, now he's dead. Been dead for fifty-one <laughs> years. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, Karloff. You know, here I'm going to say something that's very painful for me to admit. Um, literally, I was forwarding this movie. I couldn't even stand watch like this. Like I had no desire to watch anything besides the monster and Igor at this point. And I'll I'll be honest with you, man. By the third act. Even those two just lost my interest, and they, I, I, dude, the scene where this dude stands in front of a mirror, and then he stares at it, and then Doc, the son of Frankenstein, looks at him. Then he pulls him in, and he looks at him. Then he looks at him again. Then he looks at the mirror again. Then he looks at him. Then they yep. look at each other. Then they look, and then they stand. <laughs> like, oh my god! End the goddamn scene. No, yep. like. How long is this going to go on? It was painful, dude. Yeah. Oh. And, dude, that, that's so weird that you just said Texas Chainsaw, too, because when Jamie was describing the Frankenstein monster, and she was like, I think, you know, he's, like, adorable. Or not adorable, but, you know, I really uh, felt Winnie the Pooh? Him. It was the – no, no, not even that. It was the Leatherface one in uh, in Next Generation when he was playing – no, no, I'm sorry. Oh, when he was three. putting, he's putting uh, food instead of clown? Okay, right, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought of when Jamie was talking about uh, Frankenstein just now. Yeah. yeah, but it's bad. I mean, I don't know, you guys, what do you feel like, like the movie's so long? Do you realize that this movie is twice as long as all the other ones? <laughs> I know, I'm used to fucking an hour one and done. Yeah. yeah. Jamie, I mean, it, it, it drags. So <laughs> the, the fact that it's twice as long is is remarkable. It's I, like... I, I hate it when it's twice as long. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be twelve inches. Now this <laughs> this it it cool. does overstay its welcome. Yeah, dude. Does. Right? 
I mean, I, I, I was wandering, you know, by the time we get to the end, I was, I had to actually rewind. <laughs> oh, very, God. The, I had to rewind the very end of it because I missed the part where the, the whole, the big battle with the, with the lava and the, yeah, all that. I missed it the first time because I was glazed over. Like, and then I, was, <laughs> I realized that the movie was over and I was like, oh, fuck. And I had to go back. <laughs> what are you, what's crazy? Me and you do this a lot. I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I literally forwarded it because I couldn't take it anymore, and I went past that, and I had to go back so we could talk about it. I wonder how you get through movies without weed, dude. Like, that's how I do these movies. Like, uh, it would be, if I didn't have any fucking weed, dude, forget about it. This shit wouldn't even fucking press play. <laughs> forget about it, dude. It's just... Real quick... We talked about kills. How about when Frankenstein goes on a killing spree? He puts the one guy under the carriage, and the, he he sets it up so it goes over his throat. And then, as soon as it rolls over, it's halfway down the guy's chest. <laughs> and then the next guy he kills, he walks up to him and punches him in the back of the neck. This fucking rampage, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and dude, the fucking what the fuck with the police with the goddamn rubber arm, oh, dude? dude like, don't are even, you oh. kidding me? And don't we have to watch too. this asshole clean his fucking spectacles with right. his one plastic arm. Like, I'm right. sitting there, like, what am I watching? Was it plastic or wood? I don't even. Like, you guys realize that people are watching this? Well, how about that whole sequence where he's lighting his pipe and oh, it's just right. like you know, first thing, right, and then right, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious in young it frankenstein it, it works is. beautifully it in young frankenstein because you you know it's funny but here it just seems like an out of place comedic element when I, jamie when i saw that that's because i've seen young frankenstein before i was like oh okay you know and i see where they got it from but in this one it wasn't funny no Dude, this was 99 minutes of, of like, misery. Dude, like, was it 99, dude? That's how long it was. How did I stay awake for this? I don't, dude, I don't know, man. But can you believe that? Dude, check this out. Remember how I, the most fascinating thing about the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Never Sleep Again thing was when you heard about how, like, on part four and five and six, how they didn't even have a script mm. and they were shooting shit and stuff like that? Dude. And you wondered how it was so bad, then you found out when you saw the documentary? <laughs> it all makes sense, yeah. Okay, want to hear makes sense? Due to the lack of prepared script, much of the picture was written moments before the fucking actors shot their scenes. See, dude, I, you know, motherfucker. That is what happened you, in this movie. Dude, you just telling me that, it just makes, you know what? But if that's the so case, why the hell is it so long? I don't right. know. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe they just couldn't stop writing. Like, they're like, oh, wait, I have another idea. I hate shit like that, dude. Yeah, like, maybe when you are when you do a script and you're done, the the next thing you do is trim it and make it right. less. But right. when you're writing as you go, you're like, oh, wait, here's another good idea. How about you do this? How about you do this? And all of a sudden, it's like, guys, we've been shooting for 45 days. Can you wrap this shit up? Like, oh, that pisses me off, dude. That must have been what happened. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, oh, oh, God. How about another drag-on scene when 
the guy gives the goddamn monster a physical dude, and we have to sit through <laughs> every fucking thing. Oh my yeah. god, his heart is ten times that of a normal guy. Holy shit, his brain does this. That explains it. Oh my god, three bullets in his heart, and it's still beating. Oh my god, look at the sperm run over the blood cells. Like, it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, all Did right, they really can... do that last one? Uh, actually, yeah. When when the doctor looks at his blood type and you and he says it looks like they're actually fighting with each other. That's that sperm laid Jeez. over on top of red blood cells. Can I be honest with you? I fast forwarded that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like I'm not missing nothing. Right? I, I I'm sorry. I just I was bored, dude. Th- I don't blame you. And I, Dan, here's where I I want to apologize and and promise no, you something. No, 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 it's okay. I want to promise you that. This is not what you're in store for. Okay. You know? that's, that's encouraging. Jamie, could you co-sign that? Yes, I could. The, right. the Wolfman, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Ghost of Frankenstein are not like this. I like the Wolfman. Let's just put it, let's just say that. I love the Wolfman, but yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, okay. Good, good. So there you go. So, uh, you know, these next round are not like this. So don't think that, oh my God, they're already here. It's going to get worse. No, nah, it's not like All right. that. That's all right. I was on a lot of drugs for these, so it's okay. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. So I guess we'll wrap it up because I really just – just thinking about this movie is just – I don't know. Do you guys want to keep – I mean, so, you know, uh, it, it, the, the monster kills the dude who was helping them, his assistant, so he gets pissed. He shoots Igor, and um, Frankenstein discovers the body of Igor. He screams, goes on. <laughs> Oh, that scream that he does when he discovers Igor? They use that scream in a ton of Universal movies. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah, one of them is, um... Shit. It's, uh, I think it's in Ghost of Frankenstein or Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Somebody dies and they use Karloff's scream for when he, like, falls off a fucking castle or something i wonder why yeah or yeah so uh but here's the thing so what happens after he sees igor's body is the the monster goes on a rampage and just starts like trashing shit in the laboratory this becomes a a, a staple in these movies like mm. they all end like this not all of them uh, not all of them but all the ones of frankenstein he pretty much just trashes shit and it blows up and smoke and that's how I always yeah. envisioned it in my temper. head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I understand. And these these movies, <laughs> how do you end them? I mean, really. I don't know. That's <laughs> without without killing the dude. I mean, let's face it. If I was a screenwriter, dude, I'd probably have him fuck up the laboratory too and call <laughs> it a day. I mean, straight up. I mean, you know. Yeah. Like, where do we go? And isn't it funny how all the endings are really abrupt? Like they are, they dude. blow shit up. Then it's always a guy and the girl looking at the stuff blowing up, and it ends right there. And that's where I think I'm a spoiled little brat when it comes to fucking movies and shit, and how I've seen so many movies and how they're structurally um, set up. Do you know what I mean? Like with, with with shit like this, I chalk it up to literally like, oh, okay, that was a long time ago. They didn't know better. I've seen a lot better. But then again, like back then, dude, if that's all you got, shit, that's the fucking that's a Godfather Part Two right there. Or oh, Godfather dude, this one. movie couldn't end any sooner. Yeah, I I totally agree. At this point in the game, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Frankenstein, the son, he swings down, kicks Frankenstein into a sulfur pit, 
That's the end of the monster, or is it? And he rescues his son, and uh, 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 that's that's it. That's the he movie. Into a pit. And then he and then he leaves uh, uh, Goldstat. I mean Frankenstein. I mean Viseria. I mean oh no, Frankenstein. So he leaves, and that's it. So that's you know I don't know, man. And I'll tell you the truth. This is Karloff's last performance as Frankenstein. Was it? Dude, are you really surprised? Like, no. if, you, if you were him, wouldn't you say, okay, I'm good, guys? At <laughs> the same time, I am surprised because the people involved in the fucking movie named the town Frankenstein, and they're looking for any, and we talked about those actors being used over and over again, so I don't know what was going on back then. Some weird well, shit. Well, dude, huh? oddly enough, for, wow, that's so funny you say that. Boris Karloff does appear in House of Frankenstein, but he doesn't play the monster. Who does he play? Dr. Neiman. The house? <laughs> no, a doctor. Okay. It's pretty All right. cool. Well, actually. see, then there you go, then. See, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, you know, are we rating this movie yet? Yeah, right. I guess we'll, uh, Jamie, do you have anything before we wrap this, this bitch? This bitch? Not really. I think we pretty much covered it. Um, it's, <laughs> it sucks. it's way too long. <laughs> I, I glazed out at the end and had to rewind this shit so I could watch him drop him into the into the lava pit and uh, and dang kid. Dang yeah, like, here we go. Okay, we're good. <laughs> so now I'm done. That's, that's pretty much all there is to it. I do. I, I will do say think... I love Basil Rathbone in this. I think he does a fantastic job and he has Basil. really great comedic timing and uh, he's. He's pretty awesome. I think the kid's really cute. There are some touching moments. I love the shadow kill. Done. See ya. And then the bone out the neck is always hilarious to me. But yeah. You know. uh, by the way, this is considered Bela Lugosi's greatest performance. Is it? Yeah. And see, think that's the thing. That. That's the thing, though. I love that performance. It was really good. Yeah. It's As a, a movie, movie, but shit, like this fucking movie, dude. This movie sucked. But that performance. Was fucking top notch. I I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's very cool, and it's a shame. I wish they could like trim this shit up, man, and re-release it somehow. But no, nah, that's never gonna happen. I don't even care. There's so many other movies. Yeah, fuck it. Leave it alone. Who cares? Just don't watch. <laughs> we we saw it. We're good. We we realized what's what. Wow, this is gonna be tough now, man. This is the first one I think we're dropping shit bad with ratings. Jamie, what do you rate this movie? One to five. This one is a two for me. Okay. Didn't like it. Wow. Really? There are things I like about it. I said what those were, but that's not enough to carry it for the running running time that is just like, (laughs) meh. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we rate this movie. Uh, Meh. Frankenstein. I do love how, like, and I think he does it mostly in Bride, but I think he does it here too, where he's like swinging his arms to the to the right and to the left. You know, when he doesn't like something, it's like, yeah. yeah. And also, he he does the same thing with his hands, where he's like, (laughs) he does that thing like he's wanting something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. When he puts his hands out, yeah. Yeah, when he saw the light and they closed the light in part one, he was putting his hands out like we talked about, Jamie. Remember? Mm -hmm. He he does that in all three, actually. So that, that's cool. It's nice to see that, but it's just still not enough. All right. Well, there's a reason why Frankenstein isn't, hasn't been fucking uh, reimagined or revitalized in a uh, serious sense in the past fucking 30 years. Oh, it actually has. Yeah, yeah no, I Hammer said movie. in a serious sense. Oh. Uh, 
Well, I think that there were attempts at it, uh, but they just. I'm not talking it. Frankenstein theory. No, uh, <laughs> no, that, you know Hammer, right, uh, Dan? Yes, I've heard of it. They did a whole Frankenstein series. Now is that good? Uh, you know, I was going through them last month. Yeah. Um, they weren't as good as I hoped they'd be. The first one is bet I think better than the original. I already said that. Oh no, sure. Okay, you're right. Except for uh, the actual monster. The second one is not as good as Bride. The third one is not good. Then Frankenstein created Woman is all right. It hangs you. How many are there? Oh, there's there's about six. Dude, I'm lost. I'm just. And then there's Frankenstein must be destroyed, and then there's Frankenstein (laughs) created a monster from hell or something like that. Wait, if he if he must be destroyed, then how does he? Because it's about the monster. Uh, it's about the doctor, not the monster. And, And. the way Hammer approaches the Frankenstein movies is that instead of bringing the monster along for six movies, they bring the doctor along, and he's always up to something new, and it usually involves bringing dead people to life. Right. I really like Frankenstein and Frankenstein Created Woman. Well, yeah. They're like good. The hammer. Hammer, hammer. But he's not consistent because he does some shady shit in the, in the sequels after that. But, yeah. Some shady shit. Dude, they're good. You should check them out. I could recommend... I will. Someday I will. Check out the first one, then check out Created Woman, check out Must Be Destroyed, and The Monster from Hell. I know Jay Courthouse doesn't like The Monster from Hell. I, he don't like the way the monster looks, but mm-hmm. he kind of looks like the guy on the end of the airplane with William Shatner in Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh... The gremlin guy. Yeah, I get you. Like the pajamas you used to wear with the feet built in. He kind of looks like that. <laughs> did you wear those? Absolutely. I did. I oh, how a... adorable is that? <laughs> I had a Superman one with a detachable cape. Oh, you guys. I had that. Cute. Did you? Yeah. No, Dude, I got pictures really of me with that on. Wait, with the Velcro? Yeah. <gasps> yep. You guys. Oh, Dude, yeah, but I'll bet you you oh. didn't pour salt on yourself and think you could fly and think it was pixie dust. Dude, I jumped out of a fucking window. <laughs> Why do you think I am like I am? <laughs> that explains it. He must have went head first. Never mind. We're exactly alike. Cheers, motherfucker. Yep. Um, Dan, what do you rate this again? A one? I'll give it a two. Oh, really? Just didn't like it. I don't like it. It was. It, I I liked the performance, so it wasn't a total loss, you know. I thought the performance was great, dude. It was it was really actually I'm kinda of downplaying it. I fucking loved it and I thought it was sick. Igor, you mean. Igor, Igor, Igor. Right Igor's performance was so fucking sick, but the rest of the movie, it wasn't a total loss, like, you know, across the board. But it but at the same time, dude, there were so many fucking flaws in it where you can't say this is a good movie. No. I agree with Jamie. Basil Rathbone's great. Basil. Bell Lugosi, great. Monster, not so great. Yeah. Uh, story, <laughs> not really great. <sighs> because of those things, I, I do not recommend this. You can really skip it if you haven't seen it. You just wanted to hear this show. Should have told me. Uh, well, hey, it's your job, <laughs> man. You're part of the crew. It's my jizz off, son. Yeah. So I give this a two only because I would give it a one, but because I like those guys. We uh, gave it the same rating, dude. This is the first time I've ever seen it. We gave that the same rating. That's what's up.
joined by the beautiful, the talented Danielle Harris. Danielle, thanks so much for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're both big fans. We're excited about, you know, Shiver is coming out this Tuesday, October 8th. We want to get into that. You know, your your career is just really boomed. I mean, you showed up on the horror scene in 1988 with Halloween 4. Since then, you've been in countless movies. You came back to Halloween playing a character that pretty much solidified your departure from that whole child character. So how does it feel when Adam Green gets you right back in that clown suit <laughs> and hands you a script like that? You know, we kind of talked about it because I did an episode of the first of the, of uh, the season before. Mm-hmm. So he and I had sort of shot the shit a little bit about it. I knew he wanted to have me back. but um, So we kind of like talked about how funny that would be. Now, you know, in the movie that I directed, Among Friends, I actually, that was supposed to be the first time and the only time that I wore the Jamie costume. Um, right, right. I wanted to make my, my little cameo and I thought that would be so <laughs> rad and then you know and then Holliston he talked to me and that just happened to come out before um the other one so um so he he kind of he kind of blew my load early i guess you would say um so uh but yeah that was that was oh my god adam the the stuff i do for adam green it's just like oh my god he could pretty much get me to do anything and yeah we love adam green over here we had him on a couple of times and i remember it was right before uh halston season two came out and he was talking about this episode because i asked him about the um just the uh continuing aspect of the pain pills and he was like oh don't worry those pain pills come back and and in a way in a great way and that was the episode he was obviously referring to and that was by far my favorite episode too i mean come on i mean me and pain and adam green in a threesome it's like it's so ridiculous (laughs) But I said, like, you know, I hope that nobody would actually think that I, like, because it's based on me. Yeah. I'm like, hopefully right. nobody is sitting here being like, why would you write that about her? Does she have a problem? You know, he's like, no, nobody's going to think that. And thank God nobody actually thinks that. No. And how was it doing comedy, too? Because you killed it. It was, it was a nice break. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize that actually I was just out with um at a at a signing with Jamie Kennedy a couple weeks ago and he was like oh, nice. you know, he's like, Do you do you do you, he's like, Are you doing call me now? And I was like, I would love to. I just don't people don't think of me um when they think of that. They think of, you know, of the final girl or, you know, or oh. the tough girl or whatever, you know, the mm-hmm. bad girl. Um but I'm I actually have, have done a, quite a quite a bit of comedy stuff. Um I just uh people don't normally that's not their go to when they think of me. But I would right. love to. It's just, it was like a vacation. It was so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to be pretty in a soundstage and not freezing wet, covered in blood, crying and screaming. I mean, that's crazy. You're always being tormented. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, I I think you're pretty either way, to be honest with you. But I was going to say, Adam Green, now, when when you signed on to do Hatchet 2, now, when we talked to him, he said Hatchet 2 is his favorite. It's like the Empire Strikes Back of the series. Um, When you did Hatchet 2 and 3, which one was your favorite? I know a lot lot of people really love Part 3. I know it's my personal favorite. What's your views on on, on the, uh, the, the series in general? You know, I think they're all really different. It's like one, two, and three are so different from one another. Um, two was uh, emotionally harder because I had to like get right into. Um, right. I didn't even have a warm up. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I had to kind of get. I didn't do the first one, so I had to get right into it. So it was definitely challenging. Um, 
uh, and but three was physically uh, more challenging uh, because we were, we were filming in Louisiana and it was just awful condition. So, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think I think I liked two better just because it was my first lead, really, that I got mm-hmm. to see on the big screen and 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 play a character like that. And the ending of of two is one of my favorites oh, ever. Yes. So I just love the way that <laughs> ends. Um, so you know, you leave with a big smile on your face. Where at the end of three, you leave like kind of sad because. Yeah. I think I'm gone. So, yeah, right. So definitely different. It's but but three is a bigger movie. It's like it's you know right. it's the finale of the series. Yeah, you know, and I gotta ask, who's um that shower scene? Was that your idea <laughs> to show off how good looking you are, or was that Adam's sick fantasy? Uh, it was Adam's <laughs> idea um, to to try to get a little bit of t- of tits and ass. To be quite honest, in the <laughs> right, movie. right. Um, you know, he, and he knows I'll just do it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> right. and I had worked with, with BJ, um, uh, BJ, you know, shot both Halloween movies, so he's already seen me naked, right. so it didn't really, <laughs> like, it didn't matter to me. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was a chance for me to show off my, my tattoo, my body art that I had been wanting to kind of show off a little bit. No one, people have been asking me for so many years what it is and how big is it and what does it look like, so... I was like, fuck it, let's just do it, and and because uh, you're not really seeing anything, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And I was actually they freaking shot it the last couple of days of filming. Actually, I think it might have been the last day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like, you know, worked out and been able to like dance and do yoga and be in shape. And then I'm filming in Louisiana for a month, right. where I don't get right. to work out at all, and I'm eating crap all day long because <laughs> I'm working late nights. So I was like, oh, you guys, you know, you had to shoot it the last day. Couldn't we have shot it in the beginning? Yeah. So I definitely oh, wasn't. Uh, was a little look insecure, amazing. but no, the, the new the ink. I think the ink issue that I just had come out is uh, is is. I mean, it's actually grown. My tattoo's grown since I shot that. So the new the new art is in the new ink um, that came out on his dance last week. Wow, nice, Adam. We talked to him. He's pretty much. He's not sure about Hatchet Four going on with it. But if if another director were to pick up that franchise, would you come back and continue on, or are you done with that? Yeah, I mean, as long as as long. Well, it depends. I mean, I'm done with it now, I think. Right. Um, I don't think I would come back for another one because there's really nowhere to go from here, I think. Um, right. But if Adam is involved, I would, I would, you know, consider it. I just would, would have to really kind of think about it. You know, you don't want to ever be the last one to leave the party. Yeah, right. right. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were in four Halloween movies, two as a child, two as an adult. How would you, um, like, how would you put them in order from favorite to least favorite in terms of how they turned out in the end? Like, did you really like Halloween 4? Did you not like Halloween 5? Did you love Halloween 2? You know, like, how would you rank that of, like, how you were happy with the end product of each one? Um, I loved Halloween 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved shooting Halloween 5. Mm-hmm. I think that people didn't really get it. Uh, and I don't think that... I think it was just because it was so different from from Halloween Four. I think yeah. um, I think it could have been a little bit different. It was kind of starting to veer off in a different direction at that point. Yeah, um, bringing in the, this guy with the boots and <laughs> me being mute. And I, I right. think it was just kind of put together too quickly after the. It wasn't it wasn't really thought out. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked Halloween One. Uh, I did not. Um, I really liked my stuff in Halloween Two. <laughs> I liked the, the the Annie Sheriff Brackett Lori um, storyline. Right. Uh, I felt like it was three different movies, though. You know, you've got like Lori yeah. and all of her people, and then you've got that storyline with her like hallucinating and tripping out and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the White Horse Dead Mom storyline. Right. Then you've got the Brackett storyline. So I think if we would have kept it with you know with the tone of the Brackets and kind of 
kind of in that world, um, I think it would have been more realistic to the franchise. Right. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, and you and Brad Dorif were amazing in that movie. I mean, those scenes with oh. you guys together was just amazing. And you know, I, I, I personally, I, I enjoy Halloween too. It's a very depressing movie, especially even your death scene. I've, I, everybody was so horrified and just so sad. Because, I know, but I mean, it was good, right? It, it was I mean, amazing. you kind of have to. Like, I'm finally yes. dying in the franchise. It needed, right. it needed to be kind of a big deal. Exactly. Well, and, but I like the director's cut better. Yeah, me too. Yes. Yes. I'm with you on that one too. Absolutely. Now, um, director's cuts are always better. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, yep. for sure. Um, and I got a question about something. I believe you're doing it now, or you were just doing it. But uh, see, no evil is one of my favorite slashers. I talk to Alex about it all the time. I love that movie. And uh, so you and another uh, wonderful, beautiful young lady we interviewed, uh, Katie Isabel. She's in it. Yeah. You're in it. Yep. And it's my favorite slasher. Sold. Sold. I am <laughs> so excited. Out. And no, the talk of the directing. Exactly. I, I'm just, I, can you, yeah. There was really no question except for, can you tell us anything about that? I mean, Jacob. I can't Gooden, tell you too much because okay. mom's the word, but um, right. but it is, uh, It's is, it's been six years in the waiting, you know, and it is, it's, inspired me again to, to uh, I'm having such a great experience and as you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm actually here right now um, I have to work tomorrow morning at 5.48 is my pickup oh, wow. um, but uh, we are they're working my ass off <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's, it's I'm basically working harder and it's more intense um, this movie than than both Hatchet 2 and 3 together really? Oh, shit really? Wow. yes so they are giving me a run for my money. I wanted to kind of go out with a bang. Um, you know, I wanted to take, kind of take a step back and, and not be an actor for a little bit and just really focus on directing. And But I did not want to go out uh, for a while because I want to have a family and I don't want to be someone's mom, you know, doing doing having to like, you know, fight for my life on a daily basis. So <laughs> but when I, when I, when I'm a mom, I'm just going to kind of be a mom until I can play the mom and me to kind of take a step back and direct. But, um, yeah. they, I did not want to not have an opportunity to be directed by the girls. You know, I've being a female director myself and, and in my whole career, I've only been directed by two women ever. Mm-hmm. Um, one was, uh, uh, Judith light and, um, I'm sorry, Joanna Kearns rather. I always get them confused. And, uh, and, and, and I just, I, I these are such fangirls and they're just so bad and I loved American Mary. Yeah, and, yeah, I did too. Uh, I just really, I really wanted to, to just sort of, if I didn't end up doing this movie as an actor, I was going to come out here and shadow them just so I can kind of see how they work. And mm-hmm. uh, the WWE Studios is just really knows what they're doing. And yeah. uh, it's uh, it's been a really nice change from from doing independent horror movies. It's it's definitely made me kind of maybe want to want to stay in this family. And um, the girls are stuck with me now. They say I'm stuck with them, but they're stuck with me. Yeah. Like that's it. You know, this is the beginning <laughs> of a of a beautiful friendship. I think. So you know, it's so physically demanding doing these like Adam Green crazy movies and and this new one. Uh, you know, See No Evil Two. What what is more stressful and demanding on you as a whole? directing a movie or just playing a role in a movie that's that's so intense you know what they're two really different things um you know i had to do a scene the other day as on set where i i 
I actually couldn't get my heart rate down. Like I was so, um, had worked myself up so much that it was, I was like trying to get like gasping for air, like with my head between my legs, just trying to kind of calm myself down. So while the, the time in between you get to turn off, um, so you have a balance, the stuff that you have to do when you're on set and, and the cameras rolling is so intense, uh, that it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but when the movie's over as an actor, I'm done. Whereas mm-hmm. a director, it's, you know, I have to live with it for a year and it's a lot of politics um, and, right. uh, you know, film festivals and producers and editing and coloring and sound and foley and, you know, there's so much that goes into it, which is, which is what I love about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's a steady headache <laughs> <laughs> where um, for a longer period of time, but never as intense as it is when you're acting, but at least acting, you get to go home and then you can, you don't have to work anymore. Right. At the end of the night, I get to go home and I can shut down and I can just, you know, watch bad TV and go to sleep. <laughs> And then I have to show up for work again and then work. But as a director, you don't ever get to be off the clock. Wow. You know, yeah. And, you know, we, we just were glad uh, the Echoes Pond came out. I saw that. You were great in that. <laughs> saw a bunch of movies you were great in. And, you know, like we said, Shiver is coming out Tuesday, this Tuesday, October 8th. Can you tell everybody what they're in store for with Shiver? You know, it's a, Shiver's actually um, the only movie that I've done that I've actually won some awards for as an actor. So I think nice. it's probably one of my better performances. Um, the characters is uh, has to go through a lot. Um, you know, it's a psychological thriller. It's not a slasher film. Yeah. And, right. uh, and and the stuff is really brutal. Um, John yes. Garrett's wonderful. And uh, it's, it's definitely um, something that I'm glad I did and don't ever want to do again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you don't want to carry those bags back into the kitchen with him. <laughs> No, I'm done. I've, I've, the bags are in the trunk and the car is taken off. I'm good. Yeah, you know, we saw the movie. It's intense. It's really awesome. Great. And you did a, you deserve awards for that. And that dude who was in the oh, movie with you. you, great job. Uh, yes, John Jarrett, yeah. Five stars all around. So, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. We have been fans for years. We're so glad that you got back into acting and, and as in the forefront like you are. And it's sad to hear you're leaving, but we hope you uh, pop in and out once in a while. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never going to be too far. Even the movies that I direct, I'll always put myself in just a little bit. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. We Thanks, love you. Guys. Thank you so much, guys. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. In limited release, Mad Men Babe January Jones debuts nude in Sweetwater. At the one-hour, ten-minute mark, January undrapes her Betty Drapers and shoots off a few topless rounds. Sweetwater will make your meat water. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray, Anna Friel leads a flock of bare-boobed Brit babes in the look of love. In this biopic of England's first girly mag publisher, Anna soaps her bananas in a bath while other retro-sexy pinups expose us to swinging London. Drool, Britannia. New on Blu-ray, Kristen Bell dips her toe into nudity in The Lifeguard. 48 minutes in, Kristen gives us a glimpse of bare butt while getting banged on a sink, plus a splash of side boob at the 57-minute mark. That lifeguard will make you do the jackknife. MrSkin.com Fast forwarding to the good parts. Oh yeah, but he's bitten by a werewolf and lives. Becomes a werewolf himself. I'm mighty glad to be here, Bob. I didn't hear you leave. 
wonder how am I still here? I tell you, I killed a wolf, a plain, ordinary wolf. And I don't want to move a thing. Oh, you met Gwen Cunliffe, huh? That might change my memory. So that's her name. Could be married very soon. Guys, it's time for the Wolfman. This is made in 1941. Lon Chaney Jr. as uh, Lawrence Talbot, the Wolfman. His dad is Claude Rains as Sir John Talbot. Um, he was also the Invisible Man, and I think he was Phantom of the Opera too. I heard that movie was really good. Which one? The Invisible Man. Dude, it's amazing. Really? How come we're not doing that one? We'll do it later. Well, we'll do it. Just not this month. Yeah, we'll do it. Unless you want to watch 47 movies. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to space it out. We'll do it in November. The bastard child of the Halloween season. The whole script was actually different from the script you see in that movie. In the original script, Larry's whole transformation was supposed to be ambiguous. Like, the actual wolf was never supposed to be seen except through like like his eyes in one scene at the end of the movie he walks up to a pool and he sees a reflection and it's a wolf but that's still supposed to leave you to wonder whether that was in his mind or reality you know you never know because remember how they keep on saying it's a disease of the mind mm-hmm. and that doctor even says i believe in a man's own mind he could become anything right so that's what you're supposed to get 
And then the studio just decided to give people what they want. They want monsters. Some part of that leftover script is in the movie because if you notice, uh, the way this works is Larry uh, takes Gwen to that fair with all the weird gypsies and stuff. And when he's attacked by a wolf, it's just a regular dog, like a, a four-legged wolf. Like a wolf, right, right. And that's just a leftover from the original script because mm. how could Bella be a, a, a full wolf when he becomes a wolf, man? Mm-hmm. And Larry <laughs> is walking on two legs with shirts on and shit. Become a wolf. And he's wearing pants. Well, and at one point he puts on a button-down shirt to go out. Because when he's yeah. when he is transforming, he's wearing a wife beater. And then when you <laughs> see him walking through the woods, he's wearing a button-down shirt. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he actually what? put on clothes to go outside. Yeah. Obviously he yeah, didn't. Right? <laughs> They, there's just that lack of continuity there that is hilarious. Yeah, he yeah, like, turns into a wolf, looks in the mirror, goes, wow, this hair looks cool. Let me put my shirt on and get outside. And... Yeah. I'm a little underdressed. I, I think there's a chill tonight. I should wear long sleeves. <laughs> I'm going to go out there on my tippy toes and do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> do it, wolf man. Do it. Oh, man. Yeah, so that, uh, you know, before we get to the actual story, uh, that whole Wolfman costume, man, that took uh, six hours to put on and three hours to get off. And Lon Chaney hated Jack Pierce. Like, there's pictures on the internet of uh, Chaney looking at Pierce out of the corner of his eye with his fist ready to punch. You know, and Jack Pierce is right there. Like, he hated it, man. It was like a nightmare for him to be in that makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know is horrible and uh, Lon Chaney Jr. is the son of Lon Chaney who is the man of a thousand faces a horror legend uh, the guy who died right before he should have shot Dracula Right, right. Lon Chaney had to wait for his father to die to even start acting because his dad was completely against it ah yeah he just wanted him to be a um, like some guy who works I, I don't I forgot sh- what he a was. shoe salesman <laughs> I think he was selling <laughs> shoes before then But yeah, no. But uh, no, uh, Lon Chaney has really deep-rooted father issues, like major, major father issues in his life. And it's weird that in this story, the whole plot is that Larry comes home after, what was it, would they say 15 years he's been away? And and he only came back because his brother died, and his brother is younger than him, but his brother was going to be left the whole estate. That's fucked. Yeah, so he took off, and then now he's going to get the estate because there's no one else to leave it to. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there's a real, and it's a, there's a lot of parallels between mm. Lon Chaney's real life and this character. Just, right, right. Just from father things alone, you know. Yep, yep. But, um, I don't know. So, uh, Dan, what did you think of this movie overall? Dude, I like this one. Yeah? Out of all of them? Yeah, I dug it, dude. I really dug it. This is one of them that I might actually watch again. I know, dude. The, the slow clap. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. No, but I don't know. Well, I good. just um... you can stay. <laughs> Glad to hear it, man. Thank you, guys. That's great, dude. Yeah, no, I just... Uh, 
I did like the costume too. I mean, you know, all those costumes were cheesy on some level, you know. I mean, especially what we see now and shit like that. But I don't know, dude. You know what? It was hard because I was trying to articulate why I liked it. And I, I have yet to put my finger on it because um, by this point, we've seen a few of these movies. Well, I, I'm sorry. I've seen a few of these movies and and uh, for the first time, mind you. And I'm kind of getting used to the, the old school style. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're getting in the zone. Exactly. Yeah, I'm into it now. And uh, this one, I don't know, man. Like, I really just like the story and, uh, and and the characters were good. And I don't know. I just dug it. I, I just dug it. I think... Um, Bride of Frankenstein was a great flick, I thought, too, but it was just like, whatever, you know, I, it, it, there's something about it. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about this flick, so. I, I can tell you what it is. It's, um... No, you can't. Dude, it's, it comes, it comes through in, in the character, like, it, it's the same thing that made Psycho so special, same thing that makes this special. Unfortunately, should have made Dracula special, but just didn't, even mm-hmm. though that guy had sort of the same thing going, but... When the real inner workings of someone, like their depth to the the pits that we'll never really see on the surface, when they could come through when interpreting a character, (laughs) um, there's some kind of thing that goes on with the human psyche, I think. It clicks. Yeah, yeah, you click with that because it's something you don't get from everybody else because not many people can show that side and not many people are willing to so when you see something that brings that out that is in their deepest you know in their cerebellum yeah that is gonna click but i'll say this too in terms of making movies out of what exactly what you're talking about it's like i was thinking about this dude because we watch tons of movies it's kind of a lost art form here i mean telling that kind of story exactly what we're talking about like that they don't do that that much, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're talking character development and having those parallels, or, or not parallels, but, you know, those things in common with each other and shit like that. Like, you don't see that that often. You do see it, but it's almost like, oh, wow, like, that that's real, you know? Like, it, all the shit that you can't connect with because it's such an old flick, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, feel, it feels like it's distant or whatever, whatever. That I can connect with, and it's almost like, oh, wow, like, this is fucking solid. Yeah, and Jamie, you love this, right? Isn't this one of your favorites of the classics? Yes, it's the only, and remember when we were talking about Bride, and I said there was one other one that gets a five, and, well, we This know. is it? This is it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. This is the other one. Uh, because I just, well, I mean, for obvious reasons. I mean, I guess everyone would expect me to like this one. Oh, right, liking it. To be oh, liking it. Wow. Um, it's that one. Oh, I'm so glad I put his stuff in your intro music then. <laughs> yes, I am too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there are just things going on here that beyond that, that I, beyond the fact that it's, you know, a wolf. I really like the way the characters interact, I like the story. I like the emotions that are going on here. And I just really like Larry Talbot as a character. He breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, I'm really attracted to him. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know if it's, it's – there's something about him. There's just his delivery. His just, there's a warmth. There really is. There really is. And it's touching. And whenever he's with Gwen, you can see it. Mm-hmm. And it's very endearing and very charming. I love it. So I get really wrapped up in, in these characters. And I really 
don't this one makes me sad when it ends yeah dude and i think that's why i liked it too it was yeah this shit was solid dude i'm so glad you like it jamie we with you just talking about it i was thinking really because like i have no basis on like how to look at these movies other than this is the first time i've seen it and you know this is what you get it was from a long time ago do you know what i mean like at least with Halloween, like, everybody loves Halloween. Dude, you got to check this out. But, like, and I know people like these movies or whatever, but I was kind of going into all these movies blind and hearing you that, you know, say that you love this one the most and, and this is definitely my favorite. Ah, I feel a little better now. Aww. <laughs> wow, I just validated you. <laughs> <laughs> Validation, bitches. Dude, this movie uh, has levels like psycho does with me dude like it's really uh deep um i actually own the silver cane that he had in that movie not the not the real one of course uh a replica what yeah and mine's made of real silver and i got it it's right next to me look see i'm holding it up that's where you're swinging that thing i'm sorry you're too close i told you well no you know what come back Yeah, this was the first tattoo I was ever contemplating on getting. Um, when Larry gets bit on his chest, uh, it heals up right away because he's he's a werewolf now and it heals right away. And then it left supposedly a, a scar of a pentagram on his chest. So what I wanted to do, this movie means so much and his character actually means so much to me that I want to get a tattoo in that same spot that he showed where the bite would be. And it would be like a wolf's what it would look like if a wolf tore into you, but the blood drippings and the way the bite would look, it would be almost shaped loosely like a pentagram. Like, the way the blood splattered, it would, like, almost form that. You know what I mean? Oh, we know. That's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's some badass cool. shit. I think it's crazy that you would get that tattoo over something psycho-related. Well, I'm, I'm going for both, actually. I can't think of what I could possibly get with psycho, though. Well, and then there's that other thing where as much as cool as those things are, <laughs> me and you have the same view on tattoos. Right, like, what, what if one day I don't feel like having that on? <laughs> well, you guys don't like tattoos? Is it? Well, no, no, no. It's, it's the commitment. Do I love it enough? to get it on my body and and every time it's no it's just it's no because you know you know how people say i wear my heart on my sleeve and shit like that <laughs> fuck you guys know i talk about this shit enough can you imagine if i had a fucking ghost face tattoo on me dude oh that's so corny dude well but but that's what i'm saying though it's like i talk about it enough right. and people want me to shut the fuck up about it and then i got a tattoo of it it's like i don't need to have it on my body. That's just my personal view. It would be like you're making a parody of yourself in a way. Like, you'd be the guy, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm really into Scream. Check this out, man. And you, like, fucking turn your leg around. It's on the back of your calf. You're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, it's just so <laughs> cool. Like, I just can't imagine that, dude. Like, I mean, I'm not putting down people who have these tattoos. That's cool. I'm just saying the way we feel about it is just – I would do the, the one on the chest because it's not – it's very vague. You know, you clearly have to explain what the fuck is on your chest, dude. I heard Scream described in the greatest way the other day. I was on another podcast, and this chick goes, as she was English, she goes, Scream is so meta, it is now fucking itself in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
I just thought it was perfect, dude. It was just so perfect. I was like, wow. I was like, that's so thought-provoking. It's true. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, so this movie, like Jamie is into, it's about lycanthropes. Uh, you know, Larry comes home. We get some nice fake green screen of him driving to the castle. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. As soon as that came on, we were like, uh, where are we going with this? That's like the Pulp Fiction green screen when, when Butch <laughs> fucking wins the fight. <laughs> and it's just so weird, dude. He, he drives over, and then uh, he it turns out his father gave birth to a kid twice the size of him. I, I, I would love to see the mother. <laughs> fucking man, child. <laughs> <laughs> fucking baby Huey. <laughs> yeah. Actually, here's another weird thing about this movie. Larry is supposed to be a guy who was just sent from America to I or he's just an American who came to England or wherever that is just to fix Sir John's telescope and he meets Gwen the same way and goes to that thing and gets bit. This was not supposed to be his son. Oh. I see. And Kurt Sidomack wrote this. And um Well, I mean he and he is American. You know, I mean he's so he's he's got the mannerisms and the He says cop accent and the, I mean he's just he's American and I and I guess what did you say it was 15 years that he was gone is that right he's been Something gone for like 15 that? or 18 years definitely one I just always things. felt like there's really very little remaining of, of where he came from in a short yeah, period right? of time because <laughs> he just it's, it's well relatively yeah I mean I've been living I've been away from home for longer than that and um I haven't changed that much. Of course, I didn't move to another country either, but right. I don't know. He just seems very, very American, you know. He's like 35. <laughs> Doesn't and fit. He, he probably left at 18, so, you know. Uh, sometimes when you leave at 18 and you're amongst peers, you want to fit in, you kind of just pick up on their things right away. I don't know. Uh, so, real quick, let's get this the storyline uh, upon his death of his brother, Larry Talbot returns home from America to his ancestral home in Wales. He's visited by uh, he visits a gypsy camp with village girl Jenny Williams, who is attacked by Bella, the gypsy, and uh, and that... bitten on the throat. Ooh, yeah, she's not going to become a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, everyone else gets choked, and they actually mention or they actually say, "Oh, she was bitten on the throat," and I'm like, "Bitten." Why don't we get to see that? <laughs> yeah, right. You know why he bit her on the throat? Because he still thinks he's playing Dracula. <laughs> ah, he was confused. Ah. Maybe he was trying to dig out her broken neck bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for his next movie. <laughs> oh, no, he already did that movie, actually. Yeah, actually, no, and, and, the, somebody, and, and the next one. If somebody pisses me off, I'm going to say that. I'm going to bite you in the fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so ruthless. Yeah, so before we gloss over that, Bella Lugosi, Dracula... And Igor, we talked about, he is now... Igor. They decided not to give him a new name. They just said, eh, call him Bella. Yeah. His name is Bella. He's a werewolf. He's the first werewolf. And Patrick Knowles is Frank Andrews. That's important. That's very important when we talk about the next movie. And it's also just as important that Ralph Bellamy is Colonel Montford in this movie. Uh, and Bill Bellamy? <laughs> so uh, after... Um, Bella bites this girl who's hanging out with Larry and Gwen. She t she um, Larry goes to kill the werewolf, but he's bitten during the fight on the chest. 
Bella's mother tells him that this will cause him to become a werewolf at each full moon. Larry confesses his plight to his unbelieving father, Sir John, who then joins the villagers in a hunt for the wolf. Because he refuses to believe that Larry, she's like, come on, what are you, nuts? Come on, listen to what you're saying. This is not real. You're crazy. Uh, So they go hunting for the wolf. That's how much he does not believe him. Uh, But Mm -hmm. he, he does do one really touching thing at the end of the movie where he listens to Larry when Larry begs him to do something, and that was really cool. I like to see that, but we'll get, yeah, cool. we'll get there. But Larry, transformed by the full moon, which you never see in this movie, heads for the forest, and a fateful meeting with Sir John and Gwen in the big wrap-up. <clears throat> That's pretty much the plot. So, uh, you know, Larry's with the telescope. He sees Gwen. Now, here's the thing. Now, that's cool. You see Gwen in the telescope. You go, okay, go to her shop, uh, Cunliffe Jewelers or whatever it is antiques but do you really hit on a girl by saying you have these earrings up in your bedroom on your dressing table drawer yeah that ain't gonna creep her out <laughs> well apparently that worked in 1941 <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of what and you know that's the sort of back and forth noirish thing that that you'd expect from something made in that time period you can also hear in the dialogue, like in the cadence of the dialogue, it's very... I got a question, uh, though, for you guys. Hmm. Now, the way people are portrayed in these movies, did people really talk like that back then? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, are they just duplicating, like, real life? Like, so they're not really technically... Because, see, I think it, my, my personal view is that they had a, not a warped perception, but a just naive perception of what acting is. Because I don't see people acting like that in the 30s, 20s, whenever. You know what I mean? But then again, what the fuck do I know? I just think it's so over the top that it's like... This, oh, it totally like is. It, it totally is. And that comes from a lot of the, like, being... Well, transitioning, for one, from mm-hmm. silent film into right. – now, this was a while before this, but still transitioning from Ten silent years. film into okay. into talkies. Then uh, – whereas in silent films, you had to – your movements were exaggerated. Everything had to be exaggerated because you had to carry it with nothing but expression and body language. Mm-hmm. Well, then there was a, there was this really awkward period where people were just like flailing all over the place in movies <laughs> Right. Yeah. Even though like, you could hear them, it was the, the acting style was still very similar. Right. Yeah. Um, and the delivery is weird at times, and I think it's all just a, a product of that. As far as like how people talked, the slang was there. The slang was the same. Um. So here, I'll just play. So you know, he hits on Gwen. He goes into her shop, just do, going in there to buy anything, really, to hit on her. So then he finds the cane that I have, and uh, so here's just play a little clip so you can actually hear them. Um, acting and when they meet and then she tells him about the the actual legend of uh, werewolves well there's one make a good putter <laughs> yes it would that's funny another dog <laughs> no that's a wolf a wolf mm-hmm. a wolf and a star what does that mean I thought you said you were psychic Oh, I am. But this is only wood and silver, and it hasn't blue eyes. Well, uh, that stick is priced at three pounds. Three pounds? Fifteen dollars for an old stick? Well, that's a very rare piece. It shows the wolf in the pentagram, the sign of the werewolf. Werewolf? What's that? Well, that's a human being who at certain times of the year changes into a wolf. 
You mean <laughs> runs around on all fours and bites and snaps and bays at the moon? Oh, even worse than that sometimes. What big eyes you have, Grandma. Little Red Riding Hood was a werewolf story. Of course, there have been many others. There's an old poem. Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane moves and the autumn moon is bright. Yes, but uh, what's this pentagram business? Every werewolf is marked with that and sees it in the palm of his next victim's hand. Look, lady, if you're trying to scare me out of here, you're not getting very far. I'll take the cane. Oh, please tell me, have you ever seen me before? Of course. How do you suppose I knew about the earrings? I can't remember ever. Tell you what we'll do. We'll take a little walk tonight, then we'll talk it over. <laughs> this guy's the funniest way of hitting on chicks. <laughs> I know, he's just like, trust me, baby. We got. I got this. Hmm. I love this fucking movie, though. Just listening to that, dude, it just, wow. I saw this like a week ago, dude, and I love this fucking movie. It's... I do too. And it's it, so it really good. Me, it made me want to watch it again. Yeah, uh, just that's listening what I'm to that exchange. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. I love Gwen. No one ever talks about her, really. You know, and, and it's she's just sort of to a lot of people they don't even pay. I'm, I'm sure they don't even pay attention to her. She's just like the throwaway female lead. You know, but I really like her, and yeah. um, I wish she got a little bit more credit because I just. Well, I think I think people know Evelyn Anchors pretty well. I mean, I, I see her get a lot of credit for. She does, yes. I'm I'm just talking specifically about Gwen, like the character of Gwen. I just really like her as a character. Let's talk about her character. She's she's going to be married with with um the dude, the gamekeeper of Larry's. See, that that's interesting too, because it's like um, Larry's going to be he's going to own the whole estate. When his dad dies, and this guy is just a piece of shit gamekeeper. On he fucking runs around with dogs and geese and shit. Like, like <laughs> you know. And Larry owns the shit, so it's like she's gonna be married with like a lesser guy on the food chain, like like Danny Trejo says. And now she's running with the big dog, and it's kind of that's kind of bad. It's like she's a badass in a way. Like she's she's you know essentially cheating on. Her. She's going out with another guy that she just met. And right. she's going to be married. And it's funny because when all this happens, so she goes out, let's just real quick, she goes out, The um, Bella reads their palms. And it's funny too, Bella Gosi's sitting there. And, you know, they all go out at night after he just does, does that right now. He, he, he hits on her, invites her to go out. They all go get their fortunes told or they're gonna. And um, Bella Gosi is sitting there reading Jenny Williams' palm. And saying, your right hand tells your past, your left hand tells your future. Meanwhile, dude, you've been a werewolf for how long now? I mean, it's pretty uh, established. Don't you know a full moon? Like, you're, you, you're like five minutes from turning. And you're just, you're open for business. You're reading people's hands. Like, did you ever think like, hey, maybe I'll take off the afternoon and get prepared to not kill people? Because I know what I'm going to do. And, and it's funny, too, because once he bites Larry, and Larry becomes a wolf, Maliva tells him, and it's established, she knows, she saw the scar. She tells everybody, and they all, like, just, they dip. And it's like, and they're all scattering <laughs> around, and Larry goes, what's wrong? And he goes, there's a werewolf on camp. 
And it's like, dude, you've had a fucking werewolf on camp, and you all hung out then. What's yeah. the difference if it's me? Like, there's right. just some things that are weird about that. Yeah. But, I think we're... but, you know, we talked about how Bella was a dog, and the reason why this is... Uh, I guess we could talk now. Yeah, so they come back. You know, Jenny Williams gets killed by the wolf. Larry gets bitten. His coat's torn to shreds. They come in. It's a whole big thing. And... You would think that, like, after all that happened, that she'd be caught being, like, you know, like, when you're uh, out with your ex-girlfriend in her car, and then she gets in a car accident, you're not supposed to be with her, then all of a sudden your girlfriend picks you up at the hospital, where were you? Oh, I was in a car with, oh, so you were with her, what are you doing with her? Like, none of that happens. This dude, the gamekeeper, doesn't seem to care that she's out with another guy. He's like a pussy. No, he's a gentleman. He's not going to just walk in and punch him in the face. He, he walks in and, and introduces himself, and he kind of lays claim. He stands next to her and puts his arm around her, and he's like, you know, that's his subtle gentlemanly way of saying, you know, this is mine. Don't fuck with my shit, homie. I don't know. He kind of seems like the, um, he kind of seems like the, uh, what was the movie we just did? Freddie Prince Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> He's the Freddie Prince Jr. Barry, stop! <laughs> Please don't beat my girlfriend, Barry. At Jay Courthouse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man, that's that's just interesting. Yeah, it is. I know what you're saying, though. So uh, so the gypsy, you know, here's what I think is really cool, guys. What do you think about this? It kind of adds validity. I know this is all storytelling, but doesn't it kind of add validity to the gypsy's character when Larry's at the fair? And then he just goes to leave. He just not, he's just not comfortable in that setting. After all that happened, he was bitten. The girl's dead. He's blamed for killing uh, Bella because after he kills Bella with the cane, Bella freaking turns back into a goddamn person. So he, uh, Larry looks crazy. So they think he murdered the dude by accident, but still he murdered him. So it's kind of messing with his head. He goes to take off out of the fair. And then all of a sudden, uh, Gwen's boyfriend stops him and says, hey, let's shoot at the targets. And that was a touching scene in a way, if you care about Larry, because he was obviously bothered by that wolf. No, I like that scene. I know exactly what you're talking about. I dug it. Yeah, I love that. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see his father just observing him. He's like, he's high strung, that long trip. <laughs> no, it's not the long trip, bro. It's that he just fucking clubbed the dude over the head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're missing some important facts here, buddy. The long trip. You probably forgot even how he, uh, he thought he lived there for years at this point. He's tired from the long trip. That guy stops him from leaving, and then they shoot the targets. And then when the gypsy catches up with him, she goes, I expected you sooner. So... She sensed that he truly was coming there, and then he was interrupted, so she – it messed with her thing. So it it actually made you feel like, wow, this chick's for real, man. Yeah. I know. It's weird, but – No, I know what you're saying. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So here's where she tells Larry – here's where she gives him the lowdown on his, his uh, future. You killed the wolf. Well – there's no crime in that, is there? The wolf was Bela. You think I don't know the difference between a wolf and a man? Bela became a wolf, and you killed him. A werewolf can be killed only with a silver bullet, or a silver knife, or a stick with a silver handle. You're insane. I tell you, I killed a wolf, a plain, ordinary wolf. 
take this charm, the pentagram, the sign of the wolf. It can break the evil spell. Evil spell, pentagram, wolfbane. Oh, I'm sick of the whole thing. I'm going to get out of here. Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. Oh, quit handing me that. You're just wasting your time. The wolf bit you, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Wear this charm over your heart always. All right, all right, I'll take it. What's it worth to you? I'll give you... Do you dare to show me the wound? What? Do you dare to show me the wound? Go now. And heaven help you. Now, Jamie, she had this charm with her. Why didn't she offer this charm to her son, Bella, when he was a wolf? <laughs> to help him. Did he not have it? I, I thought that... I was thinking that he did have it. Well, I don't know. I could if, be if, wrong. I could have just made that up. But um, it's supposed to protect him. He probably sold it for weed. <laughs> She's like, my son, he is a pothead. He doesn't <laughs> understand the significance Whatever of this, but you will. He thinks he's Dracula. You know, when and did Reef for little... Madness come out? 39, right? Um, thir- oh, like 36, I thought. 36? Okay. Something so, yeah. like that. Um, or yours, or yours, or yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> whenever I hear her say the line about, you know, whoever's bitten by a werewolf and lives, it just immediately takes me back to the howling which is the first time I ever heard that because I saw the howling many years before I ever saw the, the wolf man. I love the howling. And uh, as you should. Hey, and, um, I have the Blu-ray. Anyway, so it, it always it takes me back to that movie immediately because they use that scene in that movie. And uh, anyway, I just, uh, that, that, so that line in particular is just, whenever I hear it, I get chills, you know, and even though their delivery, uh, her delivery is practically emotionless. You know where she learned that from? Bell Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ready? Let's do both their lines. Here, ready, Jamie? You do hers and I'll do his. Ready? First, here's Dracula. I've chartered the ship. It's going to leave tomorrow evening. All right, now do hers. Whoever is bitten by That's too wh- fast, too fast. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Don't try to get out of this one. <laughs> and there's that little quivering too or something whoever is. Yeah. yeah yeah I think that's cuz she's old but <laughs> <laughs> whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself That was good Well yeah, that was great but you see the reason she gave that delivery is cuz she's saying it like you're you do. It's almost like you have no choice. Just get in the car. We have a gun to your head. It's over. Like she's saying, whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. You have to deal with this. The rules. Yeah, like that's the way she presented it. Like you have to deal with this. Like that's how you would tell somebody, dude, as a matter of fact, man, whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives. You know, and that's what she was doing, but in her old creepy way. And it's funny that you mentioned her age because – Although she played Bella Lugosi's mother 
in this movie, in reality, she was only six years older than Bela Lugosi. Creepy. Man, have you ever seen Thinner? You can't ever tell about those gypsy people. <laughs> I've seen it, and I know, yeah, yeah. She... Don't be like 180 years old. <laughs> you don't Say know. what you will, gypsy. You ever see uh, <laughs> Borat? I love that movie. No. Oh, my God, dude. He's all about the gypsies. Yep. He hates them. And when he... When he kill wow double, when he nice. kills that uh, wolf, that's actually uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s dog. Um, he, really? Yeah, he just um, he adopted that dog or something like that. And there's plenty of pictures. Uh, I think I posted one. If you ever saw the picture of the wolf man with the dog he's laying on, I put it on my Facebook. Um, yeah. It's his own German Shepherd. He really? uh, he would do that. Dog was everything to him, and that dog was in. This movie, it was in the Ghost of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It was he 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 puts that dog in all his movies. Yeah, like they were like best buds, dude. And like Lon Chaney Jr. is such a complex, deep guy. Like when he was, he would always like during between breaks in the movie and stuff, he would buy kids ice cream. Like who were around the movie set, and but he had dark sides to him because of the whole father thing. Like he was a, like he was a really bad alcoholic. Like super bad and um it was so bad to the point where when he was on set he told the director straight up get what you can get get it out of me by 10 a.m because after that i can't promise you anything oh shit like he's straight up by 12 o'clock the dude is uh three sheets to the wind you know like he was really a drinker and what he used to do was he would drink and he would My get... father was a drinker. Sorry. <laughs> he he would get in, in a he had a buddy he hung out with like a like a big guy on set. He, they were like friends and they would they would get in the trailer and just move all the furniture to the walls and they would beat the shit out of each other. Like that's what they what? did for that's what they did for fun, dude. Oh, like drunken fighting? Like fight club, yeah. Like oh, I do that all the time with my buddies. We go slap for slap when we're drunk. We just slap Slap boxing? Place. Yeah. That shit's fun, dude. It's fun. It's not the greatest idea, but dude, it seems so perfect when you're drunk as fuck. It does seem like a, everything seems like a good idea. It's, it's not the greatest idea. Not, <laughs> dude, you know it's not, and you know it's going to hurt the next day. But yeah, my buddy broke one of my other buddy's arms, dude, doing that. That kid that we had on that Daniel Harris to test the sleep last night, Alex. Yeah, same thing. Graham? He broke my buddy's arm. Graham. <laughs> Because they were drunk battling. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So the wolfman, like Jamie said, he goes ahead. He turns into a wolf and a wife beater. He puts a shirt on, goes outside. First guy he kills is a grave digger. So many a grave he's dug for others. Now they'll be digging one for him. Was it the same grave digger from Halloween? <laughs> Judith Myers. Myers. That was good. That was good. Yeah. And it. Pisses me off. I don't get to hear the end of that story. You know, everybody talks about that on on that um, retrospective. They said, Dave said, didn't you always want to hear the end of that story? Yes, of course I did. What did Charlie Bones do with a hacksaw exactly? Because I can't, I can't imagine unless they actually finish it out. Well, speaking of that, Charlie, that Charlie Bones gravedigger uh, thing, I actually, when Rob Zombie was. Um, casting for the halloween remake i figured that it was going to be like the psycho remake and he was going to do it you know scene for scene and you were going to beat out sid haig 
Well, I was going for the role of the gravekeeper. Right. Okay. It's funny that you say that. Yeah. So I actually uh, I got a camera, and you're supposed to submit your tapes. So I, I you know, I I got sat there. I walked through a graveyard, and I um, this is what I submitted to them. This was me uh, auditioning for the role of Charlie, the gravekeeper who told the Charlie Bones story. Old Charlie Bones, about 15 years ago, one night he, he finished dinner and uh, he excused himself from the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, so uh, then he went outside and got himself a hacksaw. What do you think? Uh, wait, wait, first of all, was that your Boston accent I heard? <laughs> Starting off, was that your attempt at a New York Boston accent? I don't know. Let me see. Old Charlie Bones, about fifteen years ago, one night he years. finished dinner. He that said years ago. He excused himself from the table. <laughs> I might as well said Maki. You sounded, you know, you sounded like fucking, um, like fucking, like fucking Leonardo in <laughs> in uh, Shutter Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> finished dinner, and. uh he or like Tate from, from American Horror Story. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I sound right? like a taint. Taint? No. <laughs> that too, actually. <laughs> He's like the space between a balls and an asshole. He excused himself from the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, so uh, then he went outside and got himself a hacksaw. See, now Rob Zombie said, uh, "I appreciate your submission, <laughs> but I think you're you're." Uh, you're interpreting the uh, the humor of the story a little off, so he he just didn't. Did he really say that? Yeah, I thought I, I thought I was giving a moderate interpretation of that that whole thing. No, no, that was dude, that was spot on, except for the creepy laugh. <laughs> well, that's what he did. <laughs> but I think you laughed a little much. I mean, yeah, you no, I'm saying yours crazy. is way more creepier. You think? Yes, I do. I know. Wait, dude, one, one more time. Tell me what's wrong with it. Well, Charlie Bones, about 15 years ago, one night he... Years he, ago. He finished dinner, and uh, dinner. he excused dinner. himself from the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, so uh, then he went outside and got himself a hacksaw. <laughs> well, like, I don't, ago, I don't, I don't know. He, I just... he finished... <laughs> That's how I... He was laughing, so I... I know. Well, his was like a, his is like an uncomfortable laugh, and yours is like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> like I find it hilarious. Like, like you're slapping your knee over there. <laughs> he uh, he excused himself from the table. <laughs> or like a cartoon. Like I picture you like a, in a straitjacket bouncing off the wall. <laughs> like a cackling retard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you ever play? Did you ever play Crash Bandicoot? Anything? Yes. Okay, do you know Ripper Roo? Yes. yes. Okay, Ripper Roo. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> a little creature in a straitjacket, bouncing around, bouncing off the walls, going, hee, 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 hee. <laughs> Jamie, I thought he found humor that he excused himself from the table. You see, the the thing that's funny about... <laughs> Why is that funny? It's The reason he laughed is because can you... Because he's actually... It's like... Uh, can you believe how funny that is that he excused himself from the table before he went into the garage for a hacksaw to come back and kill them? He thought that was funny. 
I mean, that is what he. That's... Well, I don't know. I, I I really always saw it as more of a an uncomfortable, um, ironic laughter. You know, we can make a whole we can make a whole show out of the stuff between the Wolfman review. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's no, it's good. This this movie even brings conversations. But here's what I think is fascinating about the Wolfman. The number one fascinating thing is that although all this stuff is happening and this whole thing with Larry and Gwen, they continue to hang out with each other alone in the woods in, in public. Like you don't think the spotlight is on you after you murder a dude and a girl who was with you was murdered and she's going to be married and you're this new guy waltzing in here and all these murders started happening when you showed up. And they just she doesn't care. She's like uh, she's like Tara from Sons of Anarchy. She doesn't care that Jax is killing people and all this chaos is going on. She's gonna stay with him. I think Tara cares, but she just knows there ain't shit she could do about it. There ain't nothing she could do about it. Well, Jamie, so how how do you feel about that character of Gwen? Like she's that? Is she stupid or is she just so taken with this guy that she doesn't? No, I. I think that he's the kind of guy that you could feel safe with, and she just I don't know, wants to be with him. And I, I can totally see her not fearing anything when she's with him. I get that. Right. That's how I feel when I'm with Dan. That kind of guy doesn't <laughs> exist as much anymore. <laughs> but they are out there. And he's right next to you, Jamie. <laughs> Fuck you. Are you kidding me? You would trip me and run in the other direction to get away from the monster. <laughs> oh, Dan, she told you. No, that's what would happen. No, stop. Uh, so, um, so. No, I know. Alex would tie meat around my neck before we went walking through the woods. <laughs> Jamie, let's go. You stand in front. Like, I would totally be the guy from Friday 13th Part 7 with uh, Tina's mom or whatever. How he, how he held her. You'd and... be like Freddie Prince Jr. You'd be like, Wolfman, stop. Please. Stop it. Come on. Come Please. on. I understand your pain. Uh, so here's here's some what-the-f moments. There are some what-the-f moments in this movie, and one of them is, you know, they're hunting the wolf who killed the graveyard guy, the grave digger, and they talk about these wolf tracks, and they're like, well, um, these are wolf tracks, clearly. And then one guy goes, I think I'm going to send them to the university to have them cast and, and examine. And he goes, they'll laugh you right out of there. It's, it's clearly wolf tracks. Now, okay, we've, we've seen the difference between a, a, a normal wolf, which was just a German shepherd, but whatever, Mm-hmm. to a man who turns into a wolf and walks on his tippy toes. Now, what I want to know is how in the world do you look at Lon Chaney Jr.'s wolf tracks and just say that's a regular dog's foot? <laughs> Clearly it's bigger. Right. It's, it's a 225-pound a, a guy right. who's six foot four. Whose feet transformed into an animal's feet from half human and half animal? How are those wolf prints? Alex, did you hear about the? Did you see the new Bigfoot footage, dude? There's more. Oh my god, dude! It's been all over the fucking internet, dude. Everybody's going crazy about it. I gotta send it to you. Really? Yeah, it's legit, dude. 
Who's the Robert Patterson? Did he film it or no? Robert Pattinson. <laughs> that one. I don't know. Um, yeah, but no, you got to check that out, dude, for sure. You, you, you especially will love that shit, dude. It's fucking boss, dude. Definitely. It's so. everything that I expected Bigfoot to be. Cool. Great. Yeah, that is. Cool. Yeah, me and Jason yeah. Lloyd are looking. We said it's easier to find Bigfoot than it is a good Bigfoot movie. This is <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> the Wolfman is clearly a, a murderer and he's a monster. But this movie, it's it's built to make you have empathy for him. You're never I mean, this is supposed to be a horror and I'm not putting it down when I say this. This is supposed to be a scary horror. This is a monster movie, a monster. And it's about a guy who is attacked and he's cursed now and he gets caught in traps and you feel bad for him and you, you're glad when he gets away when the people come over and they're like, hey, who are you? He's like, I'm, I'm doing the same thing as you, looking for the wolf. And then he has that whole scene on the stairs with his father. This is geared to make you feel incredibly sorry for this guy and love him. Right. Like, what do you think of that dynamic that... We're supposed to be going to the movies to get scared, but we're sp- you can't not love this guy. Well, I think it's an early incarnation of things we've seen over and over again about loving the villains. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because that, that, those are the type, type of movies that really work. I mean, well, I know there's tons and tons of examples, but I mean, look at Devil's Rejects. Those are the worst of the worst fucking scumbaggy people. <laughs> right. But we, but we care about them when they die at the end, when they go, when they're, when they're when they blast Freebird, you know? So it's like, it's all the same shit, you know what I mean? But that, I mean, going back to, to these days, dude, that was a great fucking way to go about it, I thought, you know? And and honestly, I mean, if you really look at it, dude, isn't this technically the template for everything that came after? I mean, this is the fucking bee's knees. Yeah. Now, I always appreciate a story that can give me conflicting emotions and make my heart argue with my head or whatever. I mean, it if you can engage me like that on that many emotional levels, then I think you're doing a great job. And right. this is a very this is a very simple, straightforward film. It there aren't a lot of elaborate sets. You know, it takes place in a few key areas and uh it's it's just laid out, you know, it's just bam, 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 bam. It's very simple, but at the same time, it manages to work in very subtly these emotional changes that then get you without you even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the, here's the scene that did it for me. I actually, uh, I know this is weird, but I got choked up watching this the last time because I have a lot of um, similarities with, with Larry Talbot. And this guy just, this is perfect. Just everything. What do you, ab- what do you wax a lot or something? Or? <laughs> You're so stupid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I chase cars. <laughs> I'm like a dog. I have to talk. Here's the scene that really, this scene's important because what it does is, it, we see that this is happening. We know it's true. We know that the world won't believe us. We become Larry Talbot. So when he confronts his dad, 
the one person because the dad's lovable in a lot of ways and the one person you really want on your side and you see that he loves Larry you see that he wants the best for him and he cares so it's very important to us that Sir John believes him that's that's where the power in this scene lies so here it is I'm going to get away from here Baylor the gypsy was a werewolf I killed him with that silver cane I was bitten. Look, the pentagram. That scar could be made by most any animal. Yes, but it's the sign of the werewolf. They say that he can see it in the palm of the hand of his next victim. That's hard to believe. I saw it tonight in Gwen's hand. Larry, Larry, how can I help you get rid of this fear, this mental quagmire you've got yourself into? What can I say to you? You don't understand. You think I'm insane. Why? What's that? Well, that's Paul Munford and the men. They caught nothing in the traps, and so now they're going to hunt the wolf. They're out hunting for me. Stop it! Stop it! You can't run away. That's it. That's what she said. <laughs> I was bitten. <laughs> uh, which reminds me, there is actually there's a comedic moment later on with him where uh, where they're talking about oh when he's explaining lycanthropy and he says it's all Greek to me and he's like well no, it is Greek it is Greek <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you know what that reminded me of too and I don't know if it was like a um, a reference to this but in Silver Bullet Jamie I don't know you know and Al she's in Silver Bullet right you know what dude once like ten years ago I don't remember oh that's incredible oh. dude. Do you know this? Because you know he's they're looking for me. He doesn't talk about it, but remember that scene where the priest is trying to hold back all the fucking all the yeah. drunks at the bar. You know what I mean? And he's just like, "No, don't go," because they're basically going out to kill him, or he's mm-hmm. going to kill them, rather. Right, right. Oh, dude, that's what I thought of when when I saw that, and I just heard that again. That's all I could think of. Silver Bullet. It's my favorite werewolf movie ever. Really, a lot of people say that. Kidding me, dude? Silver Bullet? Dude, okay, Silver Bullet is fucking, dude, that scarred me. That I told you, dude, I said this earlier, that is probably one of the only movies that seriously fucked with me, dude. And it is just, it, it, it's scary mm-hmm. beyond belief, dude. But isn't Corey I'm, Feldman in that? Corey Haim. Corey oh, Haim. Corey Haim, yeah. And Gary Busey, dude. Hey, Utah, give me two. You need, no, 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 <laughs> hold on. You need to see punk, this movie. quarterback it, punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond it's beyond sketchy dude i love the fuck out of silver boy <laughs> is that what you say to your girlfriend honey i love the fuck out of you i love fucking you guys <laughs> i love fucking you guys yo jake <laughs> pat uh so here's the touching <laughs> moment after that scene they go hunting larry says uh you know the only thing he could do is uh i should have pulled more of a clip but i'm a moron uh he said, you know, you should lock me up. That's what I want. And he faces him to the window. And here's the touching moment I talked about earlier. Um, the one thing he wanted his dad to do. He didn't believe him. Okay, fine. I understand you don't believe me. But just just take that cane with you. Okay, when you go out there, just just take it with you. Well, why? Just, just go. Just do it, please. And he's like, all right. And he takes it. And that is, to us, we couldn't get... 
him to believe us um, when we try to tell him what's really happening. So it's almost like we didn't win the war, but we won this battle, and that battle could be enough. It's all we've got. Mm -hmm. And he took it, and obviously it was the turning point. Um, Their relationship, because you... (sighs) Just... uh... But yeah, so I mean, he um, goes out there, you know, the hunt's on, he breaks out, and um, his dad, he he's a, he attacks Gwen, and here's an interesting story about that. Uh, you know, there's so much mist in these woods, The you know, it was the, the, the design of the woods is really intricate, and they painted the trees so there's more glistening on them. Um, the They always had fog and mist through the woods, which... I love that shit. It's funny. You don't see that in real life often. I, I really have never seen it. But No, fuck no. Yeah, but it works. It works. Yeah, it's just, whatever. We just buy it. Whatever. Yeah, hey. Uh, so Evelyn Anchors, uh, in an interview, like, later on, many years later, she recalls that, uh, you know, in that part when Larry attacked her, she was dropped by him and she made, like, she fainted. And she had to stay on the floor until the fight between Larry and his dad was over. And um, she was there so long that the low-hanging chemical fog that was, you know, used as, as you know, the fog to all that, mm-hmm. it, it made her pass out. Really? Yeah, because it was chemicals. And when the take was over, the whole crew just started rearranging cameras and setting the lights for the next take. And no one noticed... Oh, she was in the fog, fucking passed out? She never came up, and... Oh, my God. Yeah, and finally someone on the crew just realized that she was missing, and she was pulled up and revived. Who was the best boy on that one? <laughs> best boy grip. Yeah, where's the grip on that one? Maybe, Jesus. Maybe that's the hero. I may... Yeah, dude, what the fuck? I mean, somebody had to find... That's... Wow. That's crazy, dude. Yep. So it was a very parallel ending, the same way Larry killed Bella. Uh, Larry's father killed Larry. So that was because even the 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 even the angle that uh, Larry had the cane, he was on the right side of the screen hitting the wolf to the left, and the father was on the left side hitting the wolf to the right. So it was like if you were ever to make a video, you would, uh, of course, do one side, then you'd have the other one, and it's like symbolic, you know. Uh, and he killed him with his own cane. Um, Your cane? My cane. It's actually the same one. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he kills him, and the, the, the heartbreaking part ending is when um, he turns back into Larry in front of his father's eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's when he realizes it was all true, and what have I done? Yeah. Solid flick, dude. I see. That's why I like it, man. It, it's full of emotion. It's full of... You know, cheesiness. I mean, I know some people don't see it that way, but it's it's all fucking cheesy. All these movies are cheesy. In my eyes, I say it's cheesy, but, you know, it was probably revolutionary back then. Of course it was. But, I mean, every aspect of this movie, dude, was just great for me. I mean, listen, dude, you know, <clears throat> between the character development and then just, just with, with everything, dude, even, like, the makeup. Okay, so Wolfman, he doesn't... He literally looks exactly like 50-50 
a wolf and a man, correct? Like, it's not like yeah. a wolf, like, like this guy turns into a wolf, but, like, he has his same eyes still, and he still has humanity and shit like that. And I just can't get over that, dude. Like, there's something about this movie where I'm definitely going to watch this bitch again, for sure. For sure, dude. And there were so many aspects to it, which I liked. And I wanted to watch it again just so I can kind of, um, you know, flesh flesh out my feelings about it and w- exactly why I like it and shit like that. Because I've only seen it once and I know I like it. It's but a damn you know, shame. You like, yeah, you know, sometimes you like it, though, and you don't know exactly why. Yeah. You know, so, <clears throat> yeah, I'd love to watch it again, dude. There, <laughs> I, there are a lot of things in this movie, you know. I think Kind of gonna... like, uh, it's the same thing. Uh, he kind of looked like Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but you know, no, but seriously, oh, you did. Right? Oh, 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 I'm uh, doing something in here. <laughs> but he's the same type. Exactly. That's what I mean. You know? Yeah, like he's still a human, but he's just hairy. Do you find do, which do you find scarier? Uh, silver bullet. Okay. Oh, good for you. <laughs> you like bipedal werewolves. Um, oh God, that movie's yay. so sketchy. <laughs> Alex, J- Jamie, Jamie, you sell Alex on Silver Bullet. I love the shit out of that movie, and it's one of the only ones that I remember. I told Bill Mosley the only people that have ever fucked with me is is his character, and then the fucking dude in this movie. It's just such a weird movie, too. I bet you, Bill, still remembers that. No, I have it. I'll watch it. I, I did see. I just don't. I remember somebody in a wheelchair. That's about it. Yeah, he had the fucking ill wheelchair, dude. Gary Busey souped it up for him and shit. Yeah, I don't... I will, I promise. Awesome movie, dude. But I think, Dan, what you're going to discover along this journey you're taking into the Universal Classic Monster movies is that you're going to find out what you like about this movie. I think it's going to be Lon Chaney Jr. No, I already know that for sure. I just want to see it again and kind of flesh it all out. You know what I mean? Yep. That's my boy, man. Man, this is this is my favorite uh, movie out of all of them that we've seen so far. It's cool. de- and I know a lot of people I've talked to, uh, you know, before we recorded this and before we're doing this show, uh, it's a it's definitely a fan favorite. Like a lot of people dig this shit, and uh, they're not wrong. No, the uh, Lon Chaney Jr. was the only actor to ever play the Wolfman in all the Universal movies, as you could tell already from the next movie. Doesn't happen with Frankenstein. Sure, shit didn't happen with uh, the Mummy. It didn't happen with Dracula. It didn't happen with Creature in Black Lagoon. Didn't happen with the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Didn't really matter, I guess, with the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Although, well, you, mannerisms. You can still tell mannerisms, I guess. But um, Ben Chapman only played him for the first one, and Rico. Uh, Rico. Um, Suave. <laughs> yeah, but as far as like, as far as posing for the posters, you know. It wouldn't matter. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. When it's when it becomes his turn to stand back to back against uh, with the female lead and <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was so random. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, you know, we talk about some people dying and stuff. Uh, Madame Ospinskaya, the uh, gypsy of the movie. She had a she died the gypsy of the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, she died a horrible death. Um, she was actually a chain smoker, and she would smoke when she was 
eating, swimming, laying in bed at night and stuff, like just constantly smoking, dude. Like, she, you know, it would never end. And it was actually what led to her death in the worst way, man. Um, she actually fell asleep with a cigarette in her mouth. And uh, the whole room just went up in flames, dude. She, she suffered second and third degree burns and died like days later crazy dude you just wake up in fucking flames dude like yeah i know a couple people that have done that that have taken drugs and and i'm watching them and their cigarettes are just like the um the ash is bigger than the cigarette itself <laughs> <laughs> all right well so that's the wolf man how do you rate this i think i think we're, I, it's funny we've been matching a lot we gave uh yeah. dracula all threes we gave Son of Frankenstein, we all gave a two to that then. So we matched two movies, and I think we're going fives, right? On this yes. one? Yeah. Yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, we love this movie, so. I love this shit, dude. I'm going to watch it again for sure before uh, before Halloween hits. This bitch is going on again. For show. Yep. And you're going to get your full, of, you're going to get your fill of the Wolfman, dude. Not, not saying that you won't want to revisit this, but you're going to. You're gonna become very familiar. So really, oh, all yeah, right. What you got? Hey, man, five times, dude. Mm-hmm. So hey, bring it on. Yep. Uh, oh.